Well, there goes the neighborhood. Good morning, everybody, and welcome live on this Saturday morning, April 2nd, to a brand new live episode. I said live already of Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my darling, wonderful wife, Joyce, and all of you watching at home on this April 2nd, 2022. We are doing the 844th episode of the show. So, yeah, it's going to be a mix of all the, all the stuff that you've come to know and love and despise here in the neighborhood. Plus, really wonderful guests, really um, should be a whole lot of fun. So here's the deal. Let me tell you what's going to be on this episode of Dave's Gone By. First of all, well, not first and foremost. I'm just giving them in, the, in a somewhat random order. Every week... We do grilly crimes and old times, and this has to do with uh, things that happened in Greeley, Colorado, a place where Joyce and I lived for a bunch of years, that made the newspaper. There's a weekly column in there called Cop Log, and phone calls come in to the local police dispatch there, and the funniest, weirdest ones make the newspaper because it's public record. So they group the ones of people calling in saying, oh my God, this happened in my neighborhood, send a cop. These make the paper once a week in cop log. Plus, there's another column that is put together by a friend of the neighborhood there, Mike Peters, who goes through the newspapers from 100 years ago and puts down the things that, to modern eyes, are kind of nostalgic or cute or funny or ridiculous or upsetting. And he lumps those together in a column called 100 Years Ago. We mix them up in our segment called Greeley Crimes. And old times. We have that coming up for you on Dave's Gone By today. We also will have our Today Yesterday Trivia Quiz. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. We do it every week. It's 10 questions that you can try and answer for yourself. A lot of them are multiple choice. A lot of them are ridiculous and so arcane that you'll just be eeny meanying, but that's fine. So will our panelists. Our regular panelist, David Sheward, who is uh, the former managing editor of Backstage. He is also the current theater critic for TheaterLife.com, CulturalDaily.com, plus he has his own blog called The David Desk. So David Sheward will be with us in the neighborhood playing the game alongside our beloved Leslie Hoban-Blake. She is a theater critic too, and she does a uh, video podcast about theater with our mutual friend Charles Gross. You can watch that on their YouTube channel, Critics Circle. That's the name of their show, where they review theater, finally, again, because they weren't able to for like two years, uh, now that they're venturing out again post-COVID, or at least post-current COVID. Uh, and, and also they interview people connected to the theater, they give their opinions on stuff. It's really cool. It's Critics Circle. So Leslie and David will be playing opposite our guest in the neighborhood today. This is why we're calling the episode Tom Marvelous. So um, there's an Israeli shantus, if you will, a, a very, very serious Israeli singer who is making the cabaret waves, if you will. And, you know, I mean, the cabaret world is so small, it's ripples at this point. But yes, yes, her name is Tamar. And she's, she's making a splash. She's going to be at Pangea the club in New York, uh, just shortly. In fact, I should have that information for you. I should have it readily available. Yeah, she's doing actually three nights, uh, three Thursdays, 
at Pangea starting this week. For tickets, for information, go to PangeaNYC.com. I know you don't know how to spell Pangea. Neither do I. It's P-A-N-G-E-A-N-Y-C.com. It's like PangeaNYC.com. Anyway, who is Tamar? Well, she's also very close kin to another cabaret singer named Tammy Faye Starlight. Very, very different. Tammy Faye is kind of this very um, flighty, Tammy Faye Baker-esque, very heavily Christian sort of cabaret singer. And it's amazing how much Tamar looks like Tammy Faye Starlight and how they both kind of look like Tammy Lang, who is a, a singer and a songwriter and a comedian. It's, it's amazing. I, I can't really keep that all straight, but maybe... Rabbi Saul Solomon can when he, yes, yes, the one, the only, the Jewish, Rabbi Saul Solomon will be here interviewing and talking to Tamar, possibly uh, Tammy Lang, possibly Tammy Faye Starlight, one of the other, we're not even sure who's going to show up or how many of them will show up, but we do know that's going to be happening shortly in the neighborhood on this episode of Dave's Gone By. So check it out. We got Tamar, Tammy, we'll just call it Tamar. Tamar coming, Rabbi Saul coming, Greeley Crimes and Old Times. Today, yesterday, a trivia quiz. We'll go inside Broadway because Dave, me, went back to the theater this week. Uh, it's probably my third or fourth time seeing a show since March of 2020 because uh, I didn't go to the theater for about 15 months. I didn't even hit New York City at all. And then finally, finally, Went back, and then Omicron hit and stopped going back for a couple of months. And now it's going to be silly season. It's it's the weeks ahead are crazy season for Broadway producers, actors, theater critics, because everything's open. It's got that, um, I used to talk about this all the time on the show, that moment when all these productions have to open on Broadway in order to be considered for the Tony Awards this year. Well, there's going to be a real old-fashioned, normal Tony Awards this coming year. So any show that wants to be considered has to open soon by the deadline, which means there's about 16 Broadway productions lined up on the runway in this theater, that theater, that theater, that theater. Some of them have been waiting for two and a half years to officially open. Some went away and we thought they'd be closed forever. And then they said, no, no, we're going to come back. It's all there. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, but I'll also tell you about the show I saw in the theater this week. I went to see the revival of Neil Simon's comedy, or really three short comedies, that make up Plaza Suite over at the Hudson Theater, this beautiful jewel of a theater on West 44th Street. It stars married couple in real life, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Uh, I want to tell you what I, what I thought of it. I'm a theater critic myself. So I'll review it, and I'll probably chat about it a bit with David Sheward and, uh, and maybe Leslie. I think she went to see that, too. So a bit of Broadway. We haven't done this in a while on our Inside Broadway segment here on Dave's Gone By this morning, plus our Colorado limerick of the damned, because we lived in Colorado for a bunch of time. Every week I bring you a horrible, disgusting, evil poem, five-line short poem, about some town in Colorado, and I make you sit through it. And I tell you a little bit, bit about the town, too. So it's, so it's educational as well as perverse and horrible, which is kind of what I, I think of this show. And speaking of perverse and horrible, we do have 10 jokes 
in our My Sick Mind segment. Couldn't leave it alone. I I thought it would be stale, right? I thought, oh my gosh, you know, the, the Oscars happened last Sunday. The news cycles are so fast, everything churns and everything gets so chewed up and so spit out by the end of even a short news cycle that people are sick of something three days later, right? As opposed to uh, people mulling the Kennedy assassination months afterwards. Now it's like, oh, John F. Kennedy was shot? How's Lyndon doing? We move on. But we're all moving on from Will Smith. Yeah. Somebody just wrote and said, what, because academics, you don't have to teach in summer, what do you do to earn extra money? Like, do you consult and sum up with sex work? <laughs> <laughs> And, and really, wow. And, and that was the provost. So that should tell you something. Oh, man. Well, that was the athletics director. <laughs> well, athletics director, I'd buy. Yeah. Well, the, uh, that was the, the spiritual leader. Uh, well, no. The spiritual leader here is Rabbi Saul Solomon of Temple Sons of Bitches. But, yeah, no, we, we will be doing our My Sick Mind segment about Will Smith and Chris Rock. And, and I thought, oh, my God. Yeah, by the time these jokes hit the air... People were like, we've heard every joke, we've read them on Twitter, we've seen the things on Instagram. About, uh, what? About, uh, oh, about Will Smith? Yeah. Um, you said it wasn't, what I found the most interesting yeah. thing is you said it, like, you said it's more something he's done before. So some people think it's one of, but you said it's a, That's it's a key. pattern of behavior. Yeah. This isn't just like, um, you know, he was probably fighting with Jada earlier in the day. Jada Pinkett Smith is the wife. Like, if I was getting yeah. an award, I would have, I couldn't. I don't drink. Oh, come on. It's, it's, it's a great... He, was, he, owned, he won the friggin' award. Yeah. So he's like, up for an Oscar. Do they know ahead of time they win? <laughs> I have a feeling they do because he was sitting in the front row. Well, maybe you know they position like, people... Yeah, yeah, like, because, like, they don't want to... They're not going to put you in the back if you won an award. because it'll Or in the 20, middle. It'll take you yeah. 20 minutes. Like, excuse yeah. me, pardon me, excuse me. They used to do me. that back in the day. You used to... The band would play yeah, but and play while like, they... Tell me, it's all uh, commercial. They have to... Yeah. You know, they have to... So I think if you know, if you're sitting right, I mean, yeah. unless every uh, uh, candidate is in the first two rows. He may have had an inkling. I don't know. Because they probably tell you, like, attend, make sure you're there. Well, they tell everybody that. I mean, some people don't show or they can't. And they, sh- they appear by video. Or, yeah, but or, if you know. Yeah. And if you are appearing by video, you know if you won because they have to tell you what speech to give. Um, what do you say? Like, thank you for nominating me, and then you win. I mean, well, no. Well, you do a, a you can you do both. Yeah, you can make a video that says thank you so much, and and say <laughs> I know, I know, right? Well, it's brutal. People rehearse their Oscar-winning speech. Of course, they do for weeks. They write it, they rehearse it. I want to thank so and so. Oh, I left out so and so. I've got to say this. I want to say this about children, and then they lose. It happens. That's depressing. But if they don't do that. And they win, and then they get up there, you know, a million blinding lights in their face, and and like uh, uh, I want to thank, thank you, everybody. But they're actors. Well, the yeah. one guy, the one guy was South Asian. He got mad because Chris Rock said, "Oh, th- uh, three white guys won," and the director or or the the guy associated with the project said, "I'm the third South Asian to win this award," and he lumped me in with white guys. If that's mm. offensive to me, he said. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody offends everybody. Everybody is so hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, everyone is so woke, and everybody is so... It's woke. It's not even woke. People are... Nobody... After living with COVID for like two or three years, people are just frustrated and overwhelmed. Yeah, they're crazy. It's like everybody is like... 
the stress so the stress level normally is let's say a three everybody starts at a seven or an eight so i believe that prime that's what yeah. i think and like you know and sometimes like and i think it's like peer pressure you go crazy sometimes and you do things you yeah but you know I'm, I'm sorry how many people yeah. does that auditorium fit right I don't know. two thousand maybe two thousand people seated in that auditorium yeah. only one person one ape shit yeah, everybody else there's living with covid Everybody you know, else is. Think about it. A lot of them are seat fillers. They hire people to. Sure. Them. And there a lot of how many awards did they give? Like maybe twenty. Yeah, like twenty-five. So some off camera. There's only but, like twenty or thirty people that are really like up for the awards. Yeah. Though. And and then well no yeah. that if there's twenty-five awards that's like a hundred and something people nominated, right? Yeah. All these and all these wives and whatever going to the having the schlep and going to the gown doesn't fit and this a tremendous yeah, amount yeah, of stress. Yeah. You, you always to, say that. It'd be part of the event. Well, You're it is. always fussy with your gown. You know? <laughs> I am. I am fussy with it. By the way, notice the. Uh, thank you. Change into your other shirt. Or you no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Not touching you. But it's so I don't make an excuse that oh um, Will Smith was under tremendous no, terrible. There's never, there's never. I mean, I work with domestic violence. If there's never a reason to touch somebody physically. <laughs> That's I mean, right. Well, it sounds like our honeymoon. No, but unless somebody's like attacking you with a gun or you're, you're, you're being assaulted, then you. Oh, but, no, self defense, of yeah, course. I mean, I think that, you know, and somebody said something quite interesting that Will Smith, like, is a writer, right? He does stuff. So it's like the people you. It's like when we went to that playwriting conference and every other word was the F word. Oh. And I was like, I said to the guy, you know, oh, you know, what is this? And he said, when people can't think of anything original, they throw in vulgarity, right? So. I think that's really reductive and a lie, but, but okay. It, but it was by a printer, you know, and it was when AOL was popular. So. <laughs> but I think the same thing with Will Smith, that he could use words. Like, you can use, oh, you, yeah. what I would have done if it were me and I was really upset, I would have said to my wife, Jada, we're leaving. And I would have left. That would have been a beautiful that statement. Been, but that would have been like, and I would have said, um, the Academy does not respect whatever, say his statement, go out, talk to reporters. There's probably billions of reporters yeah. waiting. And just say, look, you know, he could have I shamed. can't be a part of the system. Yeah. yeah, an oppressive system. Because the joke, yeah. um, first of all, the joke wasn't funny. That was the, that's br when the joke isn't even funny enough to defend. I thought it was recycled from six years ago, you told me. It wasn't new. We made the oh, same the GIA Jane joke? the GIA Jane joke in 16. Oh, I don't even remember that. To, to, yeah, six years. I didn't, I didn't yeah, know that. Did. Oh, he wow. Did. He made that same joke at 16 when he was host. Oh. He made a similar joke okay. about the, that. So, I think well, so, so about her, about Jada Pinkett Smith thing. being bald? And yeah, like yeah, G. yeah. About G.I. Jane or something. I don't know. The, I don't oh. understand it. But he I didn't realize she had been suffering with that condition for all those years. I don't know years. if they knew it, but I know that, um, uh, I know that it was recycled or okay. it, was, it was built on a prior. So right. I think there was a... But there's also positive history between... Chris Rock, and Chris Rock was actually a guest actor on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. There's a picture of the two of them from 30 years ago. Uh, Chris Rock probably getting a leg up as an up-and-coming comedian with Will Smith already having a show, you know. So there, there's there's good history, which is why they were apparently able to talk to each other after the whole thing. But I don't give Will Smith any kind of a walk for what he did, even though... We can all say, oh, what I should have done in the moment. Anybody who's ever been in a, a drive-by or anybody who's, who's had someone cut them off on the highway and starts going, I'm going to get up real next to them and give them a finger. Like, not, not the brightest response. The, the best response is to go, let them go. <laughs> you don't know 
what they're packing. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. But Will Smith didn't, and he made a, a sim and he could have even played, he could have even gotten up, because he knew cameras would be on him, and he knew it was live. He could have made a funny out of it, which is what Chris Rock was expecting. He saw him get up, and he's like, uh, he could have said something really, play it off, but also make his point about how it I was an offensive laugh. joke. I yeah. I think that there's, uh, there's, or I would have, or when he got up to give his speech, I would have just said oh. something like, you know, it's it's sad that in this culture we have to tear each other down when somebody is being celebrated for accomplishments. You know, who would have said that? Uh, uh, Will Smith could have said it when he got up to give a speech. That, that would have been, but it would have been too late. <laughs> oh, if he had not smacked them yeah, and then yeah, and yeah, had yeah, won, yeah, yeah. there was no guarantee. I think, I think and then, that, oh sure. I think that that's the I imagine. Think, imagine if Will Smith had won. He hadn't done anything. He just the one he got up. He made a speech, thanked everybody, and said, and you know, Chris Rock, you know, my wife is suffering from a condition. There's jokes that are funny, and then there's jokes that are just mean. How about you and the Academy taking that or into he consideration? Didn't have to say that. He could have just said, I take this award for everybody has allocations. Not, uh, not as much, because then it's almost, he's still accepting sort of the joke. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there could have been ways. But there, yeah. it's like you said, people don't, when you're in that, when you're in the rage mode. When you're in any yeah, yeah. heightened Extreme mode, emotion. which is why the Academy gives this man, what, five, ten minutes later, a standing ovation, right? When when Will Smith, uh, after the smack, not before, okay. after the smack, and he gets up, I, didn't, I, I couldn't bear, I didn't, even, I didn't watch the Oscars, I didn't even, in later times, watch Will Smith's post-smack speech. But, you know, he gets up, he's crying, he's like, thank you, I'm sorry for my car. He didn't apologize until Chris, to Chris Rock until the next day. Because <laughs> probably wondering if his charges were going to be filed. Oh, I think he said no. And if you apologize for it, that means you're admitting it, and therefore in the court of law. Is that true? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. Is that how? It, I don't know. I'm wondering. Is that is that part of the? Well, you know, any good lawyer, if he had gotten OJ's lawyers, they would go into court and say he didn't smack him. It wasn't real smack. You can see uh, Chris Rock is oh, still standing there. It was a routine thing. Yeah, Chris, he wasn't hurt at all. He didn't even, if he, if if he had an open hand smack. And when, bam, and it was a real smack, Chris Rock would have fallen. Look at the size of the guys. So there's no, if there's no smack, you can't attack. <laughs> right? He's only here because he's black. Find him innocent. And, and, that's, and, and it would be millions of dollars in, in court costs for nothing. Yeah. But no, that, that was the thing about everybody in the auditorium being sort of gobsmacked. <laughs> that just came to me. Like because I wouldn't. And to be quite honest, like, I would think. What, what, what? I would think that it's probably also a joke. Like, I wouldn't have known. Oh, if I were Chris Rock, I would just be like, oh, this, is, this could get interesting. It's a little improv here. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's. Because uh, remember, when Chris Rock made the joke, yeah. the bad joke, um, Will Smith was laughing, Jada was laughing, and then a moment later, Jada's like, probably. Hmm. Somebody said it. They didn't. They still didn't know at the end when they left the um, award show. They still didn't know if it was real or fake. I, I believe that because I mean, you know, these these shows are very much constructed. They're like fake. Yeah. You know. Not to mention, we're also you know, sports people and whatever. We're so used to instant replay. So every little weird call in a baseball game, yeah. 
in a football game gets replayed four times with commentators yeah. going over. That doesn't happen yeah. live at the Oscars. They don't, they don't suddenly roll back and they say, let's see this in slow. I would, thought, I would have thought, like you said, because they were friends in the past, yeah. that this is some kind of, you know, because Chris Rock, I don't know, he's not a physical comedian, but no. I would think it's a, it's a performance. Of course. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it could have played out so many ways, but it was real. It's right. Don't forget, he also, <laughs> in case anybody was wondering whether it was real or not, or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, remember, Will Smith turned back, sat down, and, and said, get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Yeah, but twice. Probably, probably could, that could still be part of a joke. <laughs> I mean, it could be like, you know, like, a, you know sometimes when comedians have a heckler and the heckler's not real? Oh, were they kind of constructed? Yeah, you know, like when you're hmm. watching a... Like, or sometimes where you're watching a magic show and you think the, the person they pick is a real, real person yeah. and they're a plant. Yeah. So I would think, like, is this some kind of staged... Because sometimes they do it, like, I remember on a Saturday Night Live when an audience member, quote-unquote, yeah. gets up and it's not so... Letterman like, all the time, yeah. I would yeah, think, yeah. like, is this... I would have but not with the F word in there. They wouldn't, they wouldn't plant someone to say, get my wife's name out your uh, fucking mouth. But do they bleep? It's lying. I don't know if that seven second. In fact, there was a story that said in New York, you didn't actually see the slap. They were able to sort of go in, and suddenly you see him coming up there, and then seven second delay. Who does I had that? every who radio station, that? every TV station. Who's there. in charge of that? Like, there are people watching. The FCC. But they they edit. Well, I worked at WGBB, yeah. the radio station. We had something. I swear to God, and I know you're going to look at me, and you're going to go like, "Oh, Dave, you're kidding me," and it's not that, but it is. We had something that we called, finish your, finish your teeth, because <laughs> I don't want you spitting it out. It was called the dump button. The dump button? D-U-M-P. We had the dump. The dump, huh, huh. The dump button. The dump what? Button. Dump, it's a dump what? button. What you, you dump the feed. What You're live. WG, you know, it's a radio station. We're live yeah. on the air. Really Who live. has the dump button? The, the engineer. You know, whoever's uh, sitting. Not the owner. It could have been me, it could have been Joe, it could have been Tom. When when I'm behind the board. So only there's only one. So if yeah. you're if let's say that guest doesn't have it. No, no, let's say like you're watching a show at the station and you're at the station. You can't do it. You have to be the one at the board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The engineer. Yeah, the, the person okay. running that the helps. show. That helps. He's got all this equipment, he's got all oh, this Trevor stuff. Trevor said keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Trevor still works at WGBB. Trevor, who does a gospel show, never, ever, ever needs the dump button. Oh, he's an elder. He don't need it. But what the dump button is, and, and it's important, really, yeah, mostly the for my... the spiritual dump button. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first time we did a New Year's show, yeah. live, authorized, sanctioned by WGBB, we did a New Year's special, right? You did so many. And we had drunk people occasionally call, you know, we'd take phone calls. Oh, yeah, it was a local yeah, show. Yeah. Or people talk about horses. And, uh, and then suddenly you hear, again, that you cannot control, say the F word. Live on the radio, oh. your finger goes automatically on the dump button. What does button. it do? It just, well, it's, it's, honestly, it's sort of like it's it's, it's enacting the seven-second delay. You, you're really when you're hearing a, a show live on radio, it's really seven seconds later than it's actually when happening. I hear you hear you're not you're right. Still not yeah, it's not quite. It's even more than this. It's like five to seven seconds oh, actual said, delay. Trevor said, "Hey, Dave, you're good at WGB." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Um, and I, I, sometimes I use the dump button, and what it means is it sort of cuts in, in, in the the listener in the car. No, it sort of it's just like a blip. You kind of like it goes from one moment to a couple of seconds later. 
and it blips out about seven seconds of so content. you can actually do time shifting with it. Well, sort of. Seven yeah. seconds. Yeah. But you don't... Why it, is seven seconds? If someone's going on a tirade, seven seconds, of, can you keep hitting it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Because it's sort of... Re, it's not rebooting a system, but it's, it's sort of stopping the live feed, holding, pausing it, and then going back. How often did you use it? Very, very rarely. Because I'm a professional radio person. No, no, but I'm wondering, like, it's like anything. It's like, it's like whenever you get a, it's like, you know, whenever you, it's like I tell students, when you interview somebody, you never know what's going to happen. As soon as you open up something, you don't know. Of course. You don't know. Right. I mean. Okay, I think there was one time I was playing a song. And I'd forgotten oh, that the song had the word shit in it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is not, you know, at the nighttime after 10 o'clock is really not even bad for the FCC, but for the station, you don't want to do that. So I'm, I, I'm like, ah, I, I'm, I'm realizing the word's coming. I'm not going to stop the song. I'm not going to fade it out. I'm like, you know what? Uh, dump. <laughs> and they, person at home, just hears sort of a glitch in the song. It's the equivalent in a lot of ways of what rap stations that play a lot of rap music have done but where they, they pre-glitch have, it. They have two versions where they have an explicit and a... Yeah. But, you know, it sort of, sort of sounds like a scratch moment, like, what, what, instead of the, the F word or the S word. So, I mean, Why that's different. That's done. DJ in, who could do that whenever something bad <laughs> 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 Get Paul with the hamster dance. You... But that's what seven seconds. I mean, there used to be a show on WBAI for years called Seven Second Delay. I mean, it, it's still, it's still there. Or it might have been on FMU. One of them is called Seven Second Delay. But the FCC does not monitor those. Monitor what? The, the seven second. So, so New York did the seven second delay, but why couldn't other markets do it? They all do it. I'm sure. Oh, okay, okay. And and okay. the Academy Awards, I guess. Like any other, every radio, every TV station, that was the whole thing. You could have potentially hit the dump button on the Janet Jackson Nipplegate. Probably could have done that. How? Okay, because it's live. Stop the live feed uh, and don't show her tip. Wow. <laughs> or what? Or plausibly, or the bra over her, t- or whatever cup thing yeah, she wore over her like, nip. Whose yeah. job is it to monitor? Maybe that person didn't see it. There you, you go. have to have good reflexes. Yeah. You you've got to know. You've got to be so in the moment yeah. to look at some all this going on on stage. It's sort of a thing, a, a wardrobe malfunction, and and you've got to notice. Wait a minute, is that more costume, or is that uh, nipple? But and you know, is that part of the act? You don't. Know. Yeah. Well, the actual nipple appearing shouldn't really be a part of the act. I know. Yeah. I, I do. I do absolutely recommend the Oscars next year. To take all this onus off, what happened in Will Smith is to have a whole musical number called Free the Nipple, where they just, uh, every big uh, superstar actress, all these gorgeous young Hollywood actresses, in this musical number called Free the Nipple. They're going to have to try to, uh, you know, these uh, the weird thing to me is I find these award shows, like, awful. I don't find them, like, like... Even when the Neil Patrick Harris hosted the Tony. Oh, I love those. But it's like, they're just so, like, I don't know. I think with social media, do we even need award shows? I mean, why do we need them? Why can't we just do it on social media or something? Do we need to have these? Let me ask you something. On on your resume, on your CV, do you have any awards listed? Yeah. Why? You can list it, but I, nobody had, I missed the one award ceremony. Well, that was an accident, but, but I'm saying, like, you put them down because you become not just Will Smith, you become 
Oscar winner Will Smith forever. Yeah, but you could do that without the ceremony. I know. I, I miss, and I'm probably alone in this. I really miss old school, like, it's, an, it's a ceremony. It's not an entertainment spectacle. It's not a, um, or shouldn't be, a spectacle TV show. It's a ceremony honoring good, talented work. And it's fine by me to have people get up and say, here are the nominees for so-and-so. This was in this, this was in this. The person gets up speaks for two minutes um, and tries to be a little profound or funny and then sits down and then this goes on for two and a half hours and you have rubber chicken. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with seeing the, the beautiful men and women dressed up, accepting awards, being gracious and sitting down. I don't need tons of entertainment. Really, not a silly fun opening number, even though um, Neil Patrick Harris's were marvelous. Um, I do think there's I think they a, should yeah. show the shows. I think the, the goal yeah. of these yeah. things should be commercial, and they should show you enough of the movie, enough of the, yeah. sh the, the show, so that people attend it. Maybe that's what it is. Well, means. also, the, the Tony Awards, going back 50, 40, 50 years that you can see on YouTube and, and other places, are tremendously valuable. Because, because of doing a number from a show that no longer exists, that may not have even had a cast recording, or that maybe didn't, so they say, oh my God. That's what, you know, Zero Mostel was like singing If I Were a Rich Man. That's what Angela Lansbury and, and um, George Hearn were like doing Sweeney Todd together. That's what Mary Martin, uh, I, I'm assuming, I don't know if she ever performed for the Tonys, but it's sort of like those are a real important. So I'm going back on what I said. I'm literally, I'm being a hypocrite myself. I'm reversing myself on the Tonys. And I'm saying we don't need special Tony material. We just need as much content from that season as possible. Okay, forget what I said two minutes ago. I'm as hypocritical as as, um, as Hollywood is. Uh, and I'm, I was a little pissed off at Whoopi Goldberg of all people. I was pissed off at her about the whole, you know, somewhat anti-Semitic thing. I don't even remember it from a few months ago. But, you know, she of course was talking about the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap on The View not that I ever, ever fucking watch The View, but it, it becomes part of the, the social feed. Uh, um, and she's talking with the gang about him. And, and you know, she should be taking the the right way Which about one? this. So, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg oh, about the whole... Joy, uh, what's her name, Linda? I don't know, Joy... Uh, Behar. And yeah. She was saying that if a comedian got slapped every time a joke was offensive, there would be constant slapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comedians have to be on the offensive. Yeah, I would yeah. carry a gun if I were on stage yeah. now, I just in case. I something where she was heckling him. Yeah. But, um, and there are comedians who've been there. There was a, 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 what was it? Oh, I forget his name. He used to do, he still probably will do, one man shows at the public theater and places like that. And one time uh, he was doing a show and a guy came up and threw a, a cup of water on him. And he was like, what, what, you know, it's, it's literally on video. You can watch it on YouTube. Out of nowhere. And what scares me is, like, I told you, you don't know what's in the cup. Remember right. that model got hit by acid? She got um, yeah, yeah, yeah. a beautiful young woman. But you don't know. Like, you just, you don't. So it cannot be open season on comedians. You know, it's, it's been an interesting uh, year for comedians. You got Zelensky, right, who is, who is, whose country is invaded. He was a, he's a comedian. He, for years, he was a TV comic. 
And he's the president of the country, and now, you know, his country's getting slapped around. But he dresses the part. He's always in his khakis, you know, like his... He's doing the Che Guevara thing. It's like, here's my Gap shirt, you know. Now come, give us measles. Um, No, you know what I like? The one he, um, I think he spoke at one of, like, it's not the UN, but one of the international forums, and he's like, he's like, Greece, you did this. Turkey, he's like calling out every country. I was like, that's like the, the, like, the dozens. He's like, (laughs) he's like... You know, he's like, Fred, you did this. Oh, uh, I just thought that. Yeah. Fred and Wendy sent a picture. Apparently, there was a turkey shopping at, at King Supers. Yes. He was on, in front of King Supers. I think he shopped. Yeah. Yes. Well, that is a little bit of an arcade, but we have friends named Friendy who've been on this program, and they sent us a picture about live gobble gobble turkey. Um, not getting around. Well, I guess he survived Thanksgiving. That makes sense. And he, he's wondering outside. King's, maybe he's looking for some cranberry sauce. Not, I know what I said. He's trying to save himself for Thanksgiving. He's trying to get some diet pills or something. So he doesn't get heavy. It's like, where do you have the diet pills? But but I want to get back to Whoopi Goldberg because um, she's saying most of the right things that a left wing liberal would and should about how it's unacceptable and how this is this kind of behavior, um, you know, especially between two black men sends all the wrong signals. Like that. But then they're also talking about the standing ovation that Will Smith got after his speech. And there were, you know, Whoopi got all head up about everybody saying <clears throat> that, oh, this is so typical of the privileged Hollywood elite. You know, you know, the elite think they're above everything. You know, they, they, they say one thing, but actually do another. And they feel that. And she's just, you know, of all things, she chooses to pick apart this idea. Like, look, I am so tired of people lumping the Hollywood people, uh, wealthy people all together. We all work really hard. You know, we all have to get up in the morning and get the kids to school and make and, and to say that all Hollywood elite do this is really reductive. And, and you, you, um, you know, if you want to talk about a person then talk about a person and not say, Oh, the elite do this and this is their thing. Cause that's, and a, of course she's right. But, B, I would kind of love to know and go back, I don't know, two or three years into the, the rise of the BLM movement and hear what she said about police back then. Was Whoopi Goldberg saying, you know, this particular policeman who sat on the guy's neck, really bad egg. 90% whatever of other policemen, you know, they're great. They're doing their jobs. They give you directions. They help. They call them. I, I heard the tapes, but I would go back and hear and whether she was saying at that point, you know, police really need to be re-educated. They're not all bad. You know, there are only some bad apples, but still, police should be, you know, get new ideas in policing, in community control. The police need to do something. So, you know, so it's fine to lump the police all together, but Hollywood elites, oh no, oh, they're precious little individual flowers. It's like anybody who feels they're above the law, you know, it's like Raskolnikov. If you feel you're above the law, you don't act like other people. Which is what Hollywood elites and police do. <laughs> but it's any, anybody who has a position of power. Sure. You know, absolutely. It, you know, it doesn't even have to corrupt absolutely. It can corrupt a little bit. <laughs> what they should do is before the award ceremony have people sign like an agreement saying this is the behavior. That I will have at the award, and if I violate this behavior, I will be removed from the academy. 
They shouldn't even have to do that. But, you know, it they, wouldn't occur to them to have to do that. I mean, they probably say, they probably tell them, don't take selfies or don't use your cell phone. I'm sure there's, like, Oh, well, during the broadcast, I'm sure yeah. they do. I'm sure yeah, there's a whole like, list of rules. Yeah. But, you know, do not smack the comedian. I right. think, or, no, 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 add that, yeah. Or even, like, when, um, you know, like, don't get on stage unless you're being called up for an award. And that keeps it simple. Yeah, he didn't, didn't get on stage. There, I think, oh no, he did. He probably yeah, he went he, up on stage. Like, he had to. Not, yeah. You don't need to be yeah. on stage. Oh, but that was the thing that we first started this whole thing on. You'd have to go um, search it out. That will that this is a pattern of behavior. That this is uncorrected inner rage and coddled issues for Will Smith because there was a one thing where there was a, a, an insistent, annoying paparazzi kind of Asian journalist who was kind of interviewing him. It was like 10 years ago. And, you know, Will Smith just gives him the back of the hand. Like, the journalist is like, well, can I kiss? I think it was a gay Asian journalist. And he's like, don't, don't, I may not kiss me. I, I, I have to, you know. Yeah. Google it. Look it up. So again, this is not a one-off. Even though it's been 10 years between incidents, right? It's kind of like the guy who, um, a wife beater. Okay, a, a guy who, for you know, he builds and builds and builds, and then one night, one night he hits his wife, and then he's terribly sorry and he cries and it'll never happen again. He can't help it, and it doesn't happen again for months until it happens again. Right? That is the and then it tends to happen, you know, a little closer each time until it becomes like, you know, what kind of night is he going to have? How drunk is he going to get? How, how wild is he going to get? Uh, how, <clears throat> how do I keep him in line? Or how do I make plans to leave? Because this will not stop. It will only escalate or just repeat. So for, for people to say, oh, it was this one-night thing of, um, of Will Smith. No. No, it's a two-night thing. Or one was the afternoon and, and this was a night. And it happened the second time on one of the greatest nights should have been of Will Smith's life. Being nominated for an Oscar, and 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 actually winning, you know. But I think there's also this self-interest thing of Hollywood of giving him that ovation and sort of instantly forgiving him before they even processed anything, because the the thing that people don't realize if you go to the IMDb IMDb page for Will Smith, he's got a lot of acting credits, but over the past couple of years, many more producing credits. This man is well, he generating. Just did thing on, was it Peacock or Netflix where he took Fresh Prince and made it into more, uh, yeah. more gritty? Bel Air Bel is a show Air. that he produced. He oh, produces like five shows a year uh, in movies and also um, TV things. So he is employing, directly or indirectly, hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the industry, right? So he's a, a he's doing not just doing well, but he's doing good for people, and. But this means that, like, wait a minute, this, this guy could be the paycheck of 20 people sitting in that audience directly because they're in a show <clears throat> or wanting to be in a show that he's producing. And to, to check and double-check him in the industry. And so, oh, yeah, you want to ban Will Smith from, from being in the industry for five years? Well, goodbye all these projects and goodbye all this, this money that's being generated. That's interesting that the, the, corporation, the corporate side of the... Yeah, yeah. You know, an actor is one thing, but a producer, you know, an actor generates things because the movie's made around him, a movie, a project, but a producer? 
tentacles. Because they get the money, right? Yeah. They put everything they, together. They, they make it happen. They, they put the money together. Mm -hmm. That's all they do? Well, they get the team together. They get the director. The you know They hire the casting people to get the actors. They get a location scout to get the locations. They make sure that the thing happens. There's a tremendous amount of moving parts. He's series. He probably has a lot of funding. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Billions, right? He's probably generating hundreds of millions of dollars worth of projects. No, it doesn't necessarily mean it's just his own company. He might be working with other companies to produce X, Y, and Z and that, but, you know, fingers and lots of pies. If you, if you even go to Broadway, because I'll always go to Broadway, um, no show on Broadway, very few, are produced by one or two people anymore. Oh, thank you. But like in the 1940s and 50s, and, oh, thank you, Rodolfo. 40s, 50s, and 60s, you had David Merrick, right? It was a David Merrick. Now, David Merrick meant that David Merrick got $12,000 from his dentist, and he got, you know, this $1,000, but it was his name above the title, right? He was the producer. All these other people were just donating money. But a producer produces. There's more than just raising the money. It's knowing how that money is going to be spent and signing the contracts and getting the, everything up and going. It's a huge thing, right? So now, and because there's so much more money involved, any show has more, far more producers over the title on the, the Playbill page than actors under it. <laughs> it takes like 15 producers who say, I'll give you, you know, $150,000, but my name has to be, well, they're giving you $200,000, so they go, their name comes before mine in slightly bigger print, but mine is right after it on the thing, on the mask, this and that, and that's, that's how it really works. So all those people, and you will find so many of the same people and so many of the same LLCs on all the different shows because it, it's so incestuous and they all help each other. So one particular producer, a, a, a Daryl Roth, a Ken Davenport, a, a, people like that, they will have their names on 10 different Broadway shows at one time because they're not the sole producers of it. They're essentially like, oh, you know, I'll put money in your show, you put money in mine, and I'll help produce this aspect and you help produce that aspect. And that's how Broadway works now because every show is five to, to $15 million to produce. Yeah. And it's still a crapshoot. You know, 70% of shows still lose money. So <laughs> without producers, there's no, there's nothing. There's two planks and a, and a wooden O. Yeah. I've had a few wooden O's, and then they really make the bedroom unpleasant. But you know, Hong Kong, hey, I've got my noise maker. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to so much more of the show, because we've got um, Tamar, a.k.a. Tammy Faye Starlight, coming to talk to Rabbi Saul Solomon soon. We also have um, our Inside Broadway segment, where I'll be reviewing Plaza Suite, speaking of Broadway, our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. I, I will get to our My Sick Mind segment. In fact, I want to clear my throat for that, and I think the best way to do it is, uh, mm -mm. you know I've had some interesting beverages. Oh, actually, tea would be nice, but not before I've had, <laughs> oh boy, in my special Dave mug. So there's there's this supermarket I shop at when we go visit my in-laws over in Queens. And they have, what's really nice is they're kind of a sort of a Polish neighborhood and, and an Eastern European neighborhood and other ethnicities. So their shopping is a lot more 
um, diverse. Diverse, yeah. What what they have on their shelves is a bit more diverse than we get here in this part of Nassau County. And so I've been bringing in and trying all these different items. <clears throat> a lot of pastry, well, not pastries. A lot of cookies and little candies from Latvia and Lithuania. I mean, even I uh, there were Ukrainian cookies. I didn't know they were Ukrainian. I got them like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh my God, they're from Ukraine. I was so proud. But this is not. This is, where the hell is this stuff from? Uh, <laughs> it's probably South American because I see Rica. Oh, no, it's Dominican Republic. Republique Dominique. When I saw this, I'm like, mm, let me, this is going to be delicious to try. This is going to be something that wake me up in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some. this cup for your tea? Um, yeah, that, well, um, actually use this cup. I'll, Ah, crap me. Maybe I'll use... You know what? The rabbi will be coming soon. Yeah, use that one for the tea. This is this is actual... Mmm-mm. Sour sop juice drink. Because I know, you know, if I want to get my day started, what's better than a big of the old sour sop, which does, by the way, have vitamin C. It looks apparently like... The, <clears throat> excuse me. It's somewhat disappointing that they do have the, the Spanish translation. It looks more like a fruit here. It's called the guayanaba, never, or guanabana, guanabana, which is a bebido, bebida de jugo corazón boisson juice, which is just the translation of juice drink, which means it's not even 100% juice. They put other stuff in here. So much other stuff that I can barely even read all the ingredients. Let's try this, shall we? Because mmm, mmm, soursop. So let's see if old. Have you? You've had. Soursop is the one that's the prickly fruit from the one that the guy says the BioLife guy. Oh really? Well, it's he from. He says, the... "What's the one that you take that's prickly on the outside and white on the inside?" Oh, maybe it's, it's this. It's, yeah. Yeah. It actually smells very nice. It smells like typical, you know, fruit juice that you get in summer camp. Let's try this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's some. Guan, guan, guanaba, no, guanaba, no, no, I'm, I'm wrong again, guanabana, guanabana, okay, guanabana, to your health, sour sop. <laughs> oh, is it coconut? Not bad. No, it's not coconut. It's very, it's kiwi esque. It's got a bit of a mm -hmm, very kiwi mango-y kind of flavor. It's actually all right. I wouldn't want to drink it if it wasn't cold. But this is very, it's very sweet. And it's not, go figure. I'm not, I'm not doing a commercial. If this is showing up on, on like cable, um, I'm, it's not a commercial. I'm just saying this did not make me vomit. What? <laughs> Sour sop. That's the fruit that he talked about in the Caribbean that you take for something, but it's prickly on the outside and white on the inside. Mm. Sounds like my penis, but you know. Can we get that seven seconds away? Here? <laughs> right. I gotta hit the dump button. There we go. Wait. No, you can hit my button, Daddy. Okay, potato. <laughs> All right. So I've been promising this. I've been actually. I also have to get my my folder, ladies and gentlemen. I totally. Forgot to get this. Mm, here we go. But since since I've been promising this and we've been talking about this for like most of the show so far, and believe me, we're not spending the whole damn show talking about the Oscar thing. But 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have come up with a few horrible jokes. Chris Smith, uh, uh, Chris, um, Chris Rock, notwithstanding, for a segment that I call "My Sick Mind." You, these are not as sick as they usually are. I usually make jokes about dead people, but this this is live stuff. Some jokes about Chris Rock and, of course, Will Smith and the incident at the Oscars on a segment I call "My Sick Mind." Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have a sick little monkey when I do my sick mind here on Dave's Gone By. Here are, these are the jokes, folks, and it's quick. This will be over before you know it, like a visit to the dentist, which this is. Are you ready here? Are you ready for some my sick mind? Oh, I'll, I'll do, I'll do the, um, the noises on this. It's okay. <clears throat> you know, the cameras didn't catch this, but did you know that all night Jada Pinkett Smith glared at Chris Rock? Yeah, the lights were bouncing off her head, causing an actual glare. Oh, that's funny. I, I love the image of that. Okay. What's the difference between Rock Hudson and Will Smith? Will Smith used an open fist. Thank you. Why does... Why does Will Smith near... Nah. Why does Will Smith need to clear his head? Why not? Jada cleared hers. <laughs> hey, did Chris Rock have any drinks at the Oscars? Nah, just one punch. Oh. I, mean, I wrote this joke and I found somebody else wrote this joke and posted it before, but I also wrote it. What did Will Smith's fingers leave on Chris Rock's face? Fresh prints. Dang it. Take it. That's comedy. It's real good. It's real hot. Okay, thank you. Um, hold on. I got. I got more. I got more of these in town. That is both a promise and a threat. <laughs> you know, after the big slap, Chris Rock was gracious and said everyone should just forget about it. But no one did. Well, Bruce Willis did. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, that's offensive in so many ways, right there. Hey. <clears throat> Did you know there's a very big difference between the gerund verbs being and getting? For example, you can't joke about Jada Pinkett Smith being bold, but getting bold, sure. <laughs> That's comedy right there. You know why Will Smith cried at the Oscars? He's got to come home to that bitch. Whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the final insult for Jada Pinkett Smith on Oscar night? Her, I love this one. Her, her swag bag was filled with shampoo. I think that's funny. A swag bag. It's it's that. Oh my God. This other part of the whole privilege delete thing, where everybody who attends the Oscars gets a bag of incredibly expensive free gifts uh, worth tens of thousands of dollars from, who? from all these average you know who want them uh, to shop at lord and taylor and, and so forth if lord and taylor's still around not from the show remember when i used to go 
to um, the thing for the radio, uh, oh, yeah, the club. Yeah, yeah. I would get a swag bag. Yeah, it was nice. Though. That was worth like a hundred bucks of all the stuff good. in there. I remember somebody gave you a um, a messenger bag made out of like recycled right. tires and all. I think I gave it to Natalie for her son. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. I used to get really cool stuff. Then they stopped doing it. They stopped. It became too much of paying their advertisers were. Sponsors weren't doing it, but it was great when I was getting them. We used to look for. I was like, "Oh my god!" We're not only being paid and being treated like you know, um, like TV radio royalty, really but they're giving nice. us crap. You know, yeah. That's well, what a, sw- a swag bag. Yeah, swag. The swag bag. But the Oscar attendees are getting swag bags literally filled with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of goods. But isn't that? Oh, they don't have conflict of interest. Oh, I don't know. I got one more, one more joke. In my arsenal here, and and not a moment too soon, ladies and gentlemen, why was the Oscar slap important to Will Smith? Well, it was his first hit in years. And ladies and gentlemen, that is my sick mind on Dave's Gone By. Mmm. I am liking the soursop. Okay, let's, let's stop that music right there. Let's get rid of that. Let's go over to here. Yeah. In just a few minutes, we will be joined by both Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Joining him will be the Israeli Shantus Tamar, and possibly also the cabaret diva Tammy Faye Starlight, and possibly even also uh, Tammy Lang, a singer and uh, a theater person. So, yeah, all of them, or one of them, some of them, half of them, might be here with Rabbi Saul Solomon uh, coming around 10 o'clock, and then she'll be sticking around to play the Today Yesterday trivia quiz, and we'll go inside Broadway for theater reviews, and we will... Huh, what else are... T- uh, any, anything? Oh, and our Colorado number... Ask yeah. I've forgotten it. I'm going to go get it. Thank you very much. I've forgotten it. No, I... Uh, uh, uh. So you know what? Why don't we... <clears throat> yeah, about five minutes before that happens. So I want to remind you a couple of things. First of all, that you like this show? If you're trying to figure out what the hell this show is, you probably need to see a bunch of more episodes to really kind of get the rhythm and feel of it. It's easy to find them. They're at davesgoneby.com. D-A-V-E-S-G-O-N-E-B-Y, davesgoneby.com. So from literally our very first episode in October of 2002 up to last week's, they're all there for free. You can download them to your your device or your computer, or stream them if you don't want to have, have to do a download thing. So, yes, um, check them out. davesgoneby.com, all the archives. There's even a separate archive where we've extracted the interviews we've done on the show into a whole separate archive on the site. Plus, we put our archives at archive.org. Archive.org. This is a not-for-profit... What was my bet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in fact, we've already got our guest oh, in the waiting room. Great. So as soon as I finish this, I'm going to bring Rabbi Saul in. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I love late people. And, cons- and considering uh, she's not even doing a Jewish 10 o'clock, which is, which is wonderful. Yeah, that'd you be know, 10 Do you know which person's in the waiting room of all her people? Well, oh, it's interesting. We'll see if that name pops up on her feed or not. 
we'll see. But archive.org, a not-for-profit website that is gathering old radio shows and old TV shows and books and, and things in the public the domain. Of the, um, the yeah. setting behind you. You'll have to explain it. Oh, I, you know, I never even. Yeah. When you're what? Yeah. After your guest. Yeah, I've got, I've got like two minutes to, to tell people. DaveScottMy.com, archive.org, um, castbox.fm. Castbox.fm. If you just want the audio, if you're out and about and you don't want to stare at the screen. Like podcast. Yeah, it's exactly meant for podcasting. Look for the Dave's Gone By channel at castbox.fm. And also, we've got our YouTube channel, Dave's Gone By. We have our... Oh, and on Tuesday uh, nights, I mentioned this in passing, if you are on Nassau County and you get Altice Cablevision, there's an hour-long excerpt at random of Dave's Gone By that you can watch Tuesday nights, 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. One hour, totally random, but check it out. Channel 20, Tuesday nights, Altice Cable, if you're in the Nassau County Long Island area. So tons of ways to watch and catch up I on Dave's Gone By. Me too. Tamar Willis, which is a reminder that in just a moment or two, Rabbi Saul Solomon will join us of Temple Sons of Bitches. And he will be joined by musician, songstress, Shantutsi, Tamar, <laughs> and, and all whatever incarnations of whatever that is, is. But let's hear, this is, um, this is Tamar's good friend, Tammy Faye Star, yeah, wow, usually it takes me a long time for my mouth, Tammy Faye Starlight, um, who is a very strong, born-again, Christian kind of singer, uh, I think she even put out an album, kind of, in that way, maybe they're sisters, or they're cousins, could be, now hopefully uh, we won't get copyright issues on this because I'm just going to play a little bit of this. I haven't even heard this. It's a song by Tammy Faye called "Ride the Cotton Pony." Your guess is as good as mine. We're going to play that, and then the next person you see, next two people you see, will be even more Jewish than I am. Let's ride the cotton pony, shall we? <laughs> morning. It's 10 o'clock Eastern time. If you haven't set your clocks forward, uh, or what is it? Fall? It's spring fall. Well, I don't know how the hell that works, but you do something with your clock two weeks ago. If you haven't done it, do it now, because you want to be wide awake for our guest, 
in the neighborhood. I am staring at the Israeli, am I, I, it's Tamar, right? I'm, I'm staring at the Israeli Shantutsi. Her name is Tamar. But let me tell you about, because um, I'm not sure if I want to talk about Tamar or your friend Tammy Faye Starlight or Tamar. Who are you, by the way? Say, say Shalom. Who am I talking to even here? Oh, you have to unmute your, hold it. You got to unmute your thing because I can't hear I you. I don't understand this kind of technology because you have to unmute and mute and you're very loud. It's very early. I, I know okay. I'm very loud. This is, this is. Uh, it's very I, early here. I know. Wait, I'll, I will, I'll whisper. Okay. Shalom to you. How are you? Good morning to you. I can't even hear myself. I'm, I'm all right. I'm very excellent. Thank you for having me here. Now. You are going to be at Pangea. That sounds like a part of a woman's body, but it's not. It's Pangea is a club somewhere in New York. You're going to be doing your show three Thursday nights, April 7th, 14th, and 21st. What should people expect from your show, Tamar? Of course. What are you going to expect? You're going to get um, the story of my career. You're going to get all the songs that you like uh, from the classic rock, you're going to get a Hebrew translation of Jackson Brown's These Days. You're going to have a good time. You're going to drink and eat if you can take off your mask. Who knows now with this, uh, with this variant? I, you know, I, I take off my talus, but I leave my mask on. That's how I am. That's probably uh, not wise. Oh. Because uh, God will uh, strike you down because... Uh, <laughs> Because you are doing, you are desecrating not only the Shabbos right now, but you are also desecrating uh, the laws of phylacteries. Oh, well, I, I do that in private. But let me ask you a, a question. Of course, we know this about you because obviously with the payers there, we see that you have a bit of perversion. <laughs> There's nothing perverse about I have a stylist who comes in an hour a week. And then tries to twirl these and, and give them a little bit of glitter. Yes, maybe you should find another stylist. <laughs> because I know somebody very good in Borough Park. Oh, really? can... I know a lot of good people. In, I know a lot of bad people in Borough Park. Too. Have, you ever, have you ever been raped in a mitzvah van? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> have I ever? By, uh, this is something that I don't call it uh, rape because it's, um, how do you say, uh, it's fine with me. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Do, do you like Orthodox Jewish men? Do you go for that kind? Uh, uh? It depends on the the uh, percentage of uh, the foreskin. <laughs> so, so have you had like thirty percenters? I know when I was first starting out doing that. If you want this kind of book, you should read uh, about. Uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, because uh, I cannot tell you these kinds of things. I don't. I never had a relationship with with uh, Kanye West. I don't understand these kinds of percentages. I don't do uh, the um, algebra. I'm not Arab. I don't do math. <laughs> no, but but I'll, I'll give you a very simple. It's a very uh, Kanye West, right? Okay, uh, here Jewish men here. That's that's all really you need to know. Conway, he's, he has this. Jewish men have this. I have this. Uh, this is much. the Jewish men you know, but the Jewish men I know have this. Oh, oh, oh! So, do are, are Israeli men? Are they really rude and obnoxious, or is that just a stereotype? Of course. 
Oh, how yeah. could you have it any other way? This is how we are. This is what we do. We drive taxis. We tell you the meter doesn't work, and you have to believe us. This is how we are as a people. Wow. Okay. All sorts of anti-Semitism flying around the room today here. It's not anti-Semitism. It's like they say it's, it's just anti-cab driver in Israel. Oh, that's okay. Fair enough. And that is not, that is not a race. That is, um, I'm not Whoopi Goldberg here defending uh, this, my comments on race. I'm just telling you this is a fact. If you go to Israel, you're going to have to deal with this kind of shit. So this is, and I can't believe you are getting me to talk about this on Shabbat. I have uh, the, uh, I have to go to a shul in the five minutes. Does 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 uh, does Israel even have Uber, or are they afraid to because of the? Of course. No, oh, they do have it. Yes, of they, course. They Uber or you know. Ways, ways. No, they call it Ofer. Ofer. Okay, that makes sense. This this, this is good. So, when was the last time you have you ever? Well, of course, you're from Israel. Uh, when was the last time you were physically in Israel? How do you mean physically? Because spiritually, I am in Israel. Right now, I'm in Israel. Oh, I didn't realize that you're, you're, you're in Israel. We're talking to you all the way over there. I did not know. Of course. That's why it's four o'clock in the afternoon here. <laughs> so how come you're saying that I'm yelling too loud for the morning? Ah, ah. I know, I, just, I thought you were going to get me in this kind of conundrum, but I don't think you understand that time is not uh, chronological here. Oh, I didn't know. I, I would get you on a Don't you look at life. Einstein who says that the uh, past, present, and future are all happening at the same time. So, of course, well, I am in Israel, but it's still, uh, even though it's four o'clock in the afternoon, it's also, I get up too early, at the alarm rings at 6 a.m., I don't know how this happens. This is just a, it's a, you have to read the Rashi. You have to read the, the commentary and the Torah. Figure out what kind of, what kind of a situation we're in here with this time that I don't understand. You have to read a little bit of Kant. I, I beg you, what, what did you just say? You oh, have to... Time, Emmanuel, oh, yeah, I thought you said another word right there. Uh, what do you think I'm saying? I'm, uh, from, I'm talking to from my parents' house in Haifa. Oh, so uh, how, how do your mom and dad feel about you being a singing superstar? My parents are not here. They are dead. Oh, okay. Um, but... but you say this as though this is a bad thing. It's not. They are here. I am living in their house... Uh, they are here, but they are just not alive. They are lying in the bed, just like they usually do on Saturday morning. Okay. I don't take them out because they are happy. Listen, now how do you deal with the smell? Uh, how is that? Uh... Well, it's no different than uh, when she was cooking. <laughs> one for Tamar. Okay, well, <laughs> well done on that one. That, 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 that's really, really good. Um, so... Have you ever experienced terrorism, besides my, my words? Of course. I watch uh, the Academy Awards. <laughs> this is, well, this, what, kind of, this is uh, what kind of terrorism is this happening here with this, uh, this go like this? What do we do? This? We don't do this to other fellow performers. We are separate people. We don't have to go like this because you say this joke about your wife. Who, gives, who cares about your wife? She looks good. She doesn't look terrible. If she looked like um, 
you know, there are people who are in worse condition than than she is. Like, uh, you look at, um, I don't Wendy want to Williams. insult, sorry. I'm sorry, who, Billy D. Williams? No, Wendy Williams, Billy D. Whoever thought of Billy D. Williams? No, Wendy Williams. You look at her and it's like, oh, okay, I'll make fun of that. I'm sorry, that's cruel, that's cruel and unusual. No, it's just, she's right, she's in the next room. I can't talk about her because she's right there. And this is why I'm laughing, because I think, oh, of all people you bring up, you bring up the one person who is staying in my house right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good good way to get over corpsing there. I thought, I, I'm, I'm well, very impressed by that uh, with Tamar here. Then you're easily impressed, because this is not a fit, um, not uh, Jonathan Netanyahu getting everybody out of Ethiopia and then dying. This is not my trajectory. I, I would hope not. Let, let me ask you: Do, do you? Why you don't want me to be here or rescue the hostages? I'm, 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 I'm. Uh, Elizabeth I'm Taylor a... was a hostage. Was... Elizabeth. I... Elizabeth Taylor. To marriage, what was she a hostage to? In the Ethiopia, in Entebbe. Oh, I mean, in the movie, rescuing. She was in that movie. I didn't remember that. She was not in that the ABC was. movie. Wait, I'm. We're, we're, it's the Israeli connection here. We're, we're sort of you're, we're having a time phase problem, or as, as Rashi would have called it, a mind fuck. But let me ask you: do, do this, you is a, a, this is only in Aramaic. He says it this way. I want to know. So, singers who influenced you? Do you know anything about? I've always felt that the German singer uh, Nico should have covered "Purple People Eater." Are you are you uh, online? This now? is not because this has too many words for her. She doesn't have, uh, it's also too fast. She doesn't do the fast ones. She doesn't do the tongue twisters. True. She, she would do it. It would take eight minutes for her. One it eyed, would... one horn, flying. Yeah, it would just be. Really That's crazy. not bad for an amateur. <laughs> do, you, do you, by any chance, do you, have you ever tried to imitate Nico? I'm just no. Kidding. No, oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, no, I, so said, much for that. I did the rule of improv where I did not yes end you. Oh. I didn't do. I didn't do the yes end. Oh, oh, yeah, you did the no. You you killed the bit. I killed the bit right there, like uh, an abortion. <laughs> yeah. A friend of yours, Tammy Faye Starlight, uh, did a song about that that probably took some flack. Have you heard about all that? Have you heard about the... Uh... I don't... Uh, it depends on if we are switching characters now. If uh... That is up to you. You don't have to. Um, or or you can talk as Tamar. About... As Tamar talking about uh, the other things that I do, It's uh, it seems a little disingenuous because this is not... But if you want to talk about other things like uh, Nico or Mary and Faithful, or Tammy Faye Starlight. These are things that are uh, very esoteric performers that nobody knows about, but we make jokes because it's an in thing with us. But if you want to explain, uh, then I will, I will elaborate. But otherwise, you have to, you know, you, it's like when you sit on Elal, you're not also going on, on, uh, on Air Italia. You have to stay on Elal. Fair enough, fair enough. I will stay on your seat. I will, I will, I will stay on, on your flight. So let me ask you, any thoughts? Oh, but I am in first class, and you're all the way in the back. 
This is the only way I can level. That's the position I like to take. But you know, um, this is what I held from Will Smith. Thank you. There we go. Just, just keep going back to that punchline and we'll see if we'll get a laugh. Um, Yafa, you're coming. Well, we're going to sit for a long time if we wait for this laugh. Yeah, true. Yafa, you're coming. Your thoughts? I'm sorry, this I don't understand. Who are you talking? Oh, okay. Maybe you have known she was a rather famous uh, Israeli songstress back in the day. Yafa, you're coming? No? No, I know Naomi Shemel. I know, um, what's her name? Esther Offering. Naomi Shemer, she wrote Yerushalayim Shazahav. I know Esther Offering. I know Rita. I know, um, try to think about other Israeli. Marlene Kashi, maybe? Marlene Kashi, Ken. Of course, Eliza Kashi. She's wonderful. Do you have any stories about Knowing these people, meeting these people. Of course, but you have to come to the to the show to hear the stories about me meeting all these famous people. Like um, I know uh, Gugush, I know Capuchin, I know um, uh, who's, who's Capuchin? The the monkey. You have to look up Capuchin. She was a great star, and she was a murder. She wrote, and then she died. Oh. Okay. Hopefully not on the show. That that would have been bad. She, no, she this was she was uh, she finished the episode and then later on she committed suicide. It's okay. not a good story, but this is where you go with your mind wandering about all these uh, singers who Yafa Yorkoni. I don't know this one. Let me ask I don't you know. I know um, uh, Amanda Lear. I know this one. I don't. I don't know her honestly, but, but let me. As a well, Jesus. if you knew Amanda Lear, you should look her up on your computer. She's very a uh, very talented singer. She's well, still here. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Don't say sorry. We don't Israelis. We don't say sorry. We don't apologize. Being this Jewish, is our way. We do thing. it, and then we say this is what's done. It's yeah. not uh, sorry. Okay. Shut up. So. No. <laughs> Not saying sorry, but here's here's the question: How does your singing and your performance differ from these other Israeli shantutsis? Because it's better. Okay. Because it's also because I am here. Eliza Kashi said something in 1973 on the radio that made her banned from Israel. I also said something that made me banned from Israel. What did you say? You won't be banned from here. You can say it. I said, uh, I said, I tell in my show, but I can tell you here if you, if you want. Amarti al radio Haifa she ofra hazar mishemeshe pishirutim kamo Arabia. No idea what the hell you just said. Well, can you translate that into Swedish, maybe? No, or no, I tra- that is translated. This is already already in the in the duolingo it's you can look on the bottom and you see uh, the little uh, owl pop up and it tells you what it means so i'm, I'm not going to leave this alone can, can you maybe give me the the streamlined version of whatever the hell you said because i don't have uh, subtitles on this no this i cannot tell you because uh, this is secret oh. but um i can tell you uh, i have a joke please it, this is not in the show what does the Jewish pedophile say? I don't know. What does the Jewish pedophile say? Hey, kid, want to buy some candy? <laughs> you see? 
It's just better than the Ofahaza story. Uh, that's too, yes, that, that's two two for Tamar. That's that is horribly. Did you, you can hear, use that? It. hear that somewhere? No, I did not make it up. It's a it's a folklore. <laughs> it's in the Talmud Habavli, actually. If you if you want to look for it there, it was in the, the Talmud in Baba Kama. Well, there you go. I, I missed that. I, I need to go over that on next. You got to go back to Yeshiva. I can recommend some very good ones for you. Ramaz, Salman Shekhtar, um, uh, St. Patrick's. That's all the good Yeshiva. Let me let me ask. We're talking about Jeffrey Epstein was very misunderstood. In what way? He didn't do all these things that they say. But even if he did, it's not so bad because this is what's going to happen anyway. So it's better if it starts early. Okay. Wow. (laughs) I'm just saying because he taught math in Dalton. So it's better to learn a little bit earlier the subject that he teaches was an excellent teacher in Dalton School on the Upper East Side. Excellent teacher. I don't know why he got in so much trouble just for doing this. Wait, I, we may be thinking of a different, uh, different Jeffrey Epstein here. I mean, I mean, we, no, it's the same guy. You look it up on your computer. He taught in Dalton one year. Wow. Wow. So, so did you ever take any lessons from Jeffrey Epstein when you were, of say, course. nine years old? Yeah, really? How, yeah, yeah. Did you learn, did you learn things? I learned, um, uh, I learned trigonometry. Really? Huh. Good. It's how That's to put different geometry, how to put different figures together. Yeah. I, I see where you're going with this. You ask for, you brought this up. You, as they say on Law and Order, you open the door. I did. Well, you certainly opened your, your velvet doors. But anyway, let's... Wait. They, are oh, not, they are not... What is it? It's not a Afikoman. It's not velvet. It's just a... It's a wholesale. So, so... God. Are you, are you married tomorrow? Are, are you... Are you? Of course. Oh, Mazel. Who's your, your uh, Mr. Tamar? He's slipping... <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, we corpsed again. Uh, it wasn't even a funny moment. But what? Um, what, who is he? How did you meet him? I'm, I met him on... <laughs> Sorry. I just think it was a funny moment. I met him on Elal. Really? Really? And, and you just were you sitting next to each other? Or did he spot you and want to get your seat? Or what? How did you get... Come on, tell me, tell me. No, he took over the plane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of terrorism, so yeah, was he armed and dangerous? Of course. It was very exciting. And then afterwards you just... Yes, because he was not very good at this. So the plane didn't... Uh, we did not crash anywhere. We just landed in uh, Cincinnati. And then uh, these things kind of crop up. And I realized we have a lot in common. Well, yeah, we I, think I just, uh, yeah. a lot of Jews should be uh, kept, keep their mouth shut. <laughs> Uh, you know, Cincinnati is is the most romantic place on earth. I found I found that it's very. Uh, they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Isn't that? Is it? No, that's Cleveland. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Cleveland. Yeah, it's close enough. It's walking. so. Why did you tell me? It's Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't. I didn't say the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I said the most romantic place on earth. That's what I said. <laughs> you said Rock and Roll. 
Rock and roll was born in Cleveland with Ellen Fred. You said Cincinnati. You could. I, I don't know what I said. I, I'm not even sure what the hell I'm saying. Sorry, I'm losing everything now. Speaking of I, music, speaking of, let's, uh, you, you mentioned the Jackson Brown song. What are some other songs that you're going to be doing at Pangea, April 7th, 14th, and 21st, tomorrow? Uh, you know Moody Blues, Nights in White Satin? I do. Okay, there you go. You're not doing we are that. doing no. this one. We are doing two Leonard Cohen because uh, obviously it's the Canadian connection. Did and you ever sleep with Leonard Cohen, everybody else did. Did you? Did you ever have a thing with him? No, it was not very interesting to me. Really, really. Nico, Nico said one thing about him that I found very interesting. She said that um, he was. Uh, she 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 had Jackson Brown, she had Lou Reed, she had uh, Dylan, she had Jimi Hendrix. She said, no, Leonard Cohen, she doesn't want it. She says he is, uh, I think, according to the book, uh, that he is completely unnecessary. Ooh. But he was a good songwriter for certain songs. If we don't hear Hallelujah again, that will be a blessing. But um, we have two Leonard Cohens, we have... Uh, some Zegar and Evans. We have uh, a Marlena Dietrich song that she sings in Hebrew called Shiratan. We have uh, Jacques Brel. We have um, Paul Simon. Which which Paul Simon song? It's uh, the Spanish one. Not Cecilia. What the hell is it called? Oh, El Condor No Pasa. That one. El, it's El Condor Pasa. I got no pasa. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a bird taking a shit. The condor is passing. It, it, no, I don't know what that means. This is how you interpret, but Paul Simon interprets differently. Does he? Does yes. He? It's about baseball for him. He, everything he writes is baseball. I'd rather be a baseball than a bat. Yes, I would. Uh, what do you think of that? No, because uh, he says Joe DiMaggio. He is obsessed with this character. That's in another. So that's that's in Mrs. Robinson. Right? That's what I said. All right, hold on. We were just talking about El Condor Pasa, and now you're bringing up Mrs. Robinson. It's like, and it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is in, by the way, Peoria, Illinois. Just, just, just we're trying to get all this together. Is Peoria even in Illinois? We don't know. I thought it was in, in Arkansas. It probably is one in Arkansas. We're talking with Tamar, ladies and gentlemen, here. Not <laughs> Mara, but today, want to ask you though, is it worth, you know, the, the cabaret life is difficult. It's not. It's very um, hard. It's yeah. very hard to be in show business because uh, you don't know which, uh, which pair it's, uh, do I wear this, this outfit from the Jacqueline Smith intimate collection or do I wear my Hagar slacks? <laughs> can, can you. Well, you know, a lot of cabaret things, they, they have a change in the middle. So when they go to eat... Well, I am not um, Diana Ross. I am not... I don't... They don't do this kind of thing. The cat just... Uh, the cat is over here. She is dropping the jars of Vaseline on the floor. If you heard the noise. Wait, what? I'm just curious why there are jars of Vaseline... In, in your home there. More than one. Like, I, because my husband is a big fan of David Bowie. And? And, 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 yes, and? Tigers oh, on Vaseline. Yes. 
This keeps me from chafing. I love it. I'm going to hold on. Well, do chase. Okay. Tell me because my uh, my uh-huh. father was a doctor. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, hold on. Ah. Yeah, sorry. This oh. is very, very risque kind of behavior that you have. Well, the, the camera doesn't show everything. You know, I, 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 I'm not wearing pants. I'm sure you're not wearing pants either. Do you have a swastika behind you? No, that's a, it's a number four. I go pretty far, but I don't go that. Where, where the hell is the swastika? If you turn it this way, it's a swastika. No, it's a number four. How the hell do you get a swastika out of this? You turn it. You look at it yourself. All right, hold on. I, I studied geometry with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. Oh, the other one. The other now one. Now I have a migraine. Okay, this is good. This is fine. Ugh. You can change a different color. You don't make it so uh, Hitler. So, so, hey, you must. Did your family lose people in the Holocaust? Any direct, like, grandparents or great-grandparents? My parents. Okay, yeah. Long, very, yeah. So when I thought they were dead in your bed, how did you lose them in the Holocaust? Well, do you think they died? Yeah. I brought them over. Oh, you got their corpses and you deposited them back in the house. This is, wow. How did you get them through customs? I, I, I wonder. They didn't have that back then. Oh. They didn't have these kind of uh, rules where you have to look at your shoes. True. No, I know. I know. So, so um, this, uh, this uh, twin towers. Well, as a Jewess, as as an Israeli, also, how do you feel about forgiving Germany or you know playing in Germany? What's to forgive? They made, they did this. They say, okay, we did it. It's like uh, the slap. We are going to send them out to the academy? No, they have to stay in the academy because who knows, they might get in the world next year if they make another excellent movie. We, had, we saw Shoah. That was an excellent movie. Yes, it was. was Schindler's a little bit boring, but uh, very, uh, very cerebral from Spielberg. He didn't do so good with this West Side Story. Really? You didn't, why didn't you like uh, West Side Story? No, I did not say I didn't like it. It's oh. just he didn't do so good in terms of a world. He takes one world for this movie. Oh, well, you're still talking about the whole Oscar. Do you do any any show tune stuff besides Braille? Which isn't really show tune stuff, but... Uh... It's not a show tune. I am not doing... Um, I'm not doing Dear Evan Hansen here. It's This is not my style. I enjoy... Uh, I like uh, Lerner and Low. I like uh, Kender and Ebb, but uh, Stephen sometimes is a little bit, uh, he's got the skulls are very fancy and uh, doesn't stay in the pentatonic. Oh, that is, you need to kind of, is your range is like five notes or how, how is your range in terms of? Uh, it's very wide. Oh, it's, oh it's, it's big. Okay. Like three octaves, six octaves, seven. It's about... Nine octaves. Nine octaves. That is a, wait, can, can you do like a dog whistle thing? I'll, I'll, hold on. I can't. My husband's sleeping. <laughs> well, it's not a dog. He won't hear it. Uh, well, maybe he is. He is I told you what he does. If he hears me doing these high notes, then he's going to come up and uh, go like this with the, uh, with the Uzi. 
because he uses even though he he uses our weaponry. Just have you? Well, you you must have been in the Israeli army, right? Did you do your time there? Yes and no. Please elaborate. I know I'm putting you on. I was in the army, but I wasn't in the army. Okay. Yeah. I I did I sang for the Palmach. Oh, very nice. Yes. Did they always request like Lily Marlene or what did you what did you sing for them? We did Lily Marlene a little bit, but we also did um in the year twenty-five twenty-five. Why that I know you mentioned Zadra Evans before. Why that particular song? Because it tells what is going to happen in the future. We have to be prepared. Okay. Oh. What um what do you predict is going to happen in the world? I mean everything that's going on now. Do you have any predictions, Tamar? I predict that um, that uh, Jada Pinkin Smith is going to uh, incite her husband for another act of violence. It's going to end up like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> really? So keep the Uzi out of his hands. I would say that's that's for sure. Just get a better. Uh, Check the um, the the to make sure it's not. Uh, you put you put uh, instead of bullets, you put um, like uh, tootsie rolls instead. So just to make sure you don't put the fake ones, you put it because otherwise you end up. And now Alec Baldwin is having another baby with his wife Ilaria. Oh, well, I know he's, he's got some loaded bullets in his gun. I'll tell you that. Seven That's a very, years. very good reference there. It's very yeah. quick on the take here. Yeah, yeah. Do you have Do you have little uh, Kindelach? Do you have? Are you going to uh, children? I have cats. Oh, you do have only, and that it will stay just just cats. So. I can't tell. This This is This is for Hashem to decide. Yeah, absolutely true. Are you? But do, would you want? Are you hoping? Or like no? And I had one before. I didn't like it. So, so did you retroactively kill it after it was born, or, or? No, I just put I put it outside. Uh, Wednesdays they come. <laughs> it's the recycling. I love it. <laughs> oh, all right, we're, we. Oh, so, wow. But I want to do the environmental thing, you know. So I put it out on Wednesday. Does it go in the green bin, or only if it's turning green? I don't it, know how. It, that- it goes in the green in the front of the the ones in the back are for bottles and cans. The ones in the front are for regular uh, waste and infants and things like yes. I, I, I Whatever it's it's like uh, if you throw away you have bad groceries your freezer goes bad so you throw away the the pot pies and it's the same concept. Absolutely, we're talking with. Tamar. Now we probably have only another minute or two because we're, we're waiting. Oh, it's a shame for you. Right. So let me ask you, Tamar. We, 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 we <laughs> I want to give you this this option here because we're going to have people come in to play the today, yesterday trivia quiz with Dave and and, and these wonderful panelists of his. I, I give you the option of sticking around to play, or maybe uh, if if your other one, your friend Tammy is there, if she wants to play. What, what would you like to do? Whatever you prefer. You tell me you are driving this car. Do you think that you are capable of playing a, a game for an hour with people in... in- I'm sorry, for an hour a game? Yeah, yeah it goes on. It's a very... <laughs> it's nice. All right. <laughs>
I got to get my, uh, I'm almost finished with a book about uh, Steve Marriott. I got to get this book. Steve Marriott, the, the guy who Marriott, the Mormon guy? What was that? No, it's from the Small Faces. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it. Uh, uh, Obviously, you don't follow the Hall of Fame because you think it's in Peoria. Again with the people. You know, I better go because because we've already got people wanting to enter. So you're welcome to stay. That's uh, your your typical state. They want to enter. <laughs> I wouldn't know from small faces. Look at the size of this head. But we have been talking with Tamar. She's saying <laughs> she'll be playing the Today Yesterday quiz with Dave and David Sheward and Leslie Hope and Blake. They're hoping she logs on. So well, let's just hear. I'm going to play a little bit more of. Um, your friend Tammy Faye Starlight and her song Ride the Cotton Pony. Are you doing this one? This is a very uh, deep cut. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I can't I can think of playing some of the others. And also, uh, I can't find much of your music yet. Oh. Um, can people hear your, your songs yet? I don't know. I got to bring you here. The Amazon is calling. Oh. I got to get the doorbell. Okay, let's watch this. This is going to be fascinating. Hold on. No, all I do is this. See? Shalom to you. Dave will be right back. All right, that's all I have to do. Now I have to get the Diet Pepsi because we're sitting here for an hour with this It's Like a flight to Australia, this game. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. On Dave's Gone By, that was Rabbi Saul Solomon just before. Uh, he's been chatting with Tamar, the Israeli songstress and chanteuse. She is staying with us to play the Today Yesterday trivia game opposite our good friend and our friend who's having a very bad year, David Sheward. Good morning, David Sheward. How are you? Oh, uh, unmute, unmute, bro. Um, gotta, gotta there you go. Hello. How are you, David? How are you feeling? Not too bad. How are you? How do you? I'm I'm fine, thank God. Say hello to the the Israeli Shantus Tamar. Hi, Tamar. How are you? Hello. How are you? Okay. Uh, are you in Jerusalem? Where are you right now? Haifa. Oh. Okay. It's very beautiful here. You should come here one day after. Uh, I have the been COVID to and the Ukrainian war. I have been to Jerusalem. Uh. And uh, visiting friends in Jerusalem, and uh, but I've not who, been. Who did you visit? Uh, hmm. Who did you? Who did you visit? Uh, uh, some friends of my husband who who live there. What are their names? Uh, Rachel and. Of Janet. course, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> she's very nice. She's very funny too. Yes, she's very she, cute. She is, as a matter of fact. Well, so's your husband, uh, Dave. So, but David, what's uh, your husband's name? Maybe I know him. Jerry. Of course, I yes. know Jerry. <laughs> ah, okay. So, by I way, went to school with Jerry. Okay. <laughs> the Dalton was it? The Dalton School where where Jeffrey Epstein was? Was that, oh. that for one year? Yeah, yeah, just for one year. I know. Then we were at Ramaz. Now, David, you have, can I mention that you've had a bad, we, I mean, you, we know that you had a bad last year, just before He's Christmas, you were hit by a car. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Yes, I was. <laughs> you know the man who was driving tomorrow. 
<laughs> no, I dropped it for a second because I felt genuinely bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that sounded very untamar-like right there. Uh, Tammy, are you are you Tammy? Or are you Tamar? Or what are you today? I don't know anymore. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I've already given away so much of this, so much information. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, that's all right. Now, David, David, though, you can I mention that you've uh, got, you know what? Uh, well, I have tested positive. I don't want to go into it too much, uh, but I have tested positive. I am isolating, uh, so I should be all right. The, the protocol is that you have to self-isolate. Um, I do that every morning in the shower, but yeah. You know. uh, but you have to self-isolate for five days, and uh, so I should be all right next week. But you're feeling, you look okay. You're well enough to be on the show. I feel like I have a, it's like I have a bad cold. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeez. I started coughing and... Um, uh, Vomiting, uh, yeah, losing... Yeah, I started coughing, feeling like I had a, a cold, and I took a home test, and uh, it was positive. Uh, so I went to a clinic, and... That confirmed the results, so I have to stay isolated. Fortunately, I am vac- fully vaccinated and boosted. And boosted, man. I got, do you think you got it from the theater, or do you think you got it from class I, or what? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean... Uh, I, mean I don't think... I haven't been to a show in since uh, uh, Plaza Suite, uh, and I, I don't think I, I... I don't know. I don't want to say. No, fair, fair, fair enough. But I hope... You you don't seem so sick, but I hope you feel bad. No, no, it's like I have a cold, and I just have to stay isolated for a while. Right. So you didn't get it from Sarah Jessica Parker? No, no. She was six feet away from me. <laughs> she was she eight feet away, and I still got herpes from her. It was, it was bad. It was her bad. droplets fly. They do. Yeah, but I was masked, so... Uh, oh, all right. So it was Broderick. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Trust me, it was Welcome back tomorrow. I guess he was spitting like crazy. Because he could have been Neil Simon. No, he's not. Yeah, you never know. contagious. If he was still alive, maybe. Elaine Joyce, she does. She could have done it. It's funny. A few years ago, I was walking down the street with my family. They were visiting uh, from Pennsylvania. And then my mother says very loudly she points says neil simon and it was it was him because uh-huh. there was elaine joyce right next to him who i recognized from the match game and uh and my sister goes mother shh, you're embarrassing me and i said that's you know i'm sure he gets it all the time and he just walked right back past us with this sort of blank expression oh he didn't even like wave no he didn't say hi how are you thanks for he was not the nicest of of man, I mean, probably not a bad guy, but you know, I, no, he he was he just he just he just kept walking, you know. I heard Elaine wasn't the nicest, of, and I I worship Match Game. Uh. Oh, wow. Um, but I heard that she was sometimes, you know, could be a little harsh. Oh, uh, maybe. Ooh, I, didn't I don't know. I haven't heard too much about that. Well, let me as long as we have time because. Well, look what maybe. happened to Bobby Van. Yes, Bobby Van. Well, yeah. Well, he died, and he died, he died. while he was married to her. Well, so, no, that wasn't. <laughs> so did Neil Simon. So, oh, wait, yeah, Larry Blyden. He wasn't married to her, but he hosted Tattletale. He hosted. He uh, hosted Tattletale. Uh, well, he hosted. Uh, um, what's my line? Yes, he hosted What's My Line, and uh, he was going to host another game show, but then he died in an auto auto accident in Morocco while he was on vacation. Yeah, that's not good. I, I guess he was in jeopardy. <laughs> 
Uh, Thank you. Uh, oh, my operation. <laughs> now, this is how this game operates. I'll give you the rules because, of course, Leslie, Leslie will log on in like 20 minutes. But oh. um, but we'll start the game. Um, Tam, what shall I shall I call you? Call her T. 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 Um, let me give you the rules because you've never played the game before. It's called Today, Yesterday. It's not all that... Thank goodness, difficult. <laughs> so here's the deal. First, um, I'm going to ask you, our brand new friend of the neighborhood, T. Uh, can you pick a number between one and six and tell me what it is? For what purpose? Uh, um, you can say it in Hebrew if you want, but it, it, it's, I'll tell you what purpose. It, it depends on who goes first and when. All right. Uh, I'm not going to do this kind of uh, joke where I say 11, so I'm going to say uh, 3. 3, okay. Tamar taking the number 3. Uh, David, or, or, yes, you are Tamar now. Um, David Sheward, what number would you take? 11. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew because I was throwing it to you. Like oh, okay. I, uh, I will take, all right, I will take, uh, let me see, 4. 4, okay. Here's what's going to happen at this part of the game Tamar, I'm, I have a digital die, you know, like a one-sided dice. die, dice set. Part of a, a dice set is a die. I'm going to roll it digitally, and it's going to come up a number, and then we're going to see. And it came up a number five, which is useless. So I'm going to roll it again, and it came up a number two, and I'm going to roll it again. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to text Leslie here. I don't know what where she is. Um, oh, I just heard my phone ding. Maybe that was her. Oh, Yes. Leslie writes trouble, obviously. Okay. <laughs> number six. Number two. This this just goes on. This is the whole game. You just watch me roll sixes and twos. So we, Five. we do this for an hour. <laughs> There's a one. No, no, tell her then the, for the next half hour, Leslie tries to log in. It's the problem. And then you roll the dice. This is unbelievable. <sighs> this is three. Three. Oh, my God. Thank God. Okay, so I just rolled a number three, Ugh. which means that Tamar, you get to choose. Would you like to go first or, at this point, second? You could go third, assuming Leslie comes on. We can make you third. Which would you I'll prefer? Be, I'll be number three. So far, it's worked out really well. <laughs> uh, and so, David, by default, we're going to start with you, if okay. that's Okay. Uh, All right. Just, just, Leslie's All right I was just uh, plugging in and getting my pad of paper and everything. Oh, oh yes, yes. And I forgot to tell you, um, Tamar, that at, for just for the tiebreaker, you'll just need something to write on and something to write with. So it's getting more and more onerous. Yes. Very complicated. Yeah. Yes. Match game was much easier. In match game, they provided the, pe- the the markers and the cards. Yeah, they gave it to you. That was the seventies when things were a little bit cheaper. Well, you can use menstrual blood and maybe some toilet paper. Oh, good. No, you, you missed the last half hour, David, please. You know, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that's what you don't need them immediately tomorrow. Although they can be helpful during the game. If you it could be time. with a lipstick, Elizabeth Taylor. No sale. Where's that from? Is that from Butterfield 8. Thank you very much. I knew you'd know. Let me tell you something, Mr. Liggett. <laughs> See, that's very good. So here's she won the Oscar for this. She didn't have to slap anyone because yes, it's because she had pneumonia. They felt sorry for her. 
Exactly. Wow. And she didn't slap anyone. No, she she didn't slap anyone and she was very proper in her acceptance. Yes. As As a nice Jewish girl would. Okay, here we go. Here's the game. Tamar, and well, David, you know the rules, but it's actually very pretty simple believe it or not we've already we've already spent like 15 minutes before we even started the game but i will ask trivia questions most of them multiple choice they're worth two points a piece if you get them right you're welcome to get them wrong you don't lose any points but other contestants get a chance to steal the question and get those two points does that make sense to you tomorrow what do you what's the what's the end result here do you get a car do you get the yes Alvi, what do you what are you getting at twenty thousand dollars? Yeah, I just got a I just got a uh, a new Kia Soul. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, considering it's that's not so bad right now because uh, everything in Korea is a little bit better than it is in Hong Kong where everybody is getting the COVID. Yeah. But by the way, it's just um, I think the prize at the moment is like five hundred rubles, so it's a really you know, oh, it's, it's a a very, in other words, a buck fifty. Very topical joke. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Buck 50, all right, here right. we go. Um, that's all. The, really, that is all there is to the game. If we have a tie, we have a tiebreaker, but we do it it's whether for or fun. not. So, David Schuert, are you ready for your first question? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. And by the way, Tamar, the other thing that you kind of it doesn't really matter, but every question is tied to the idea that it's an event that happened in history on this date, April second. Okay, so. For example, our first question, David, is 1792. On April 2nd, 1792, passed today by Congress is the Coinage Act, or also called the Mint Act of 1792. It made the U.S. silver dollar the money standard. In this initial act, apart from copper pennies, silver nickels and dimes, etc., three gold coins were made standards and authorized for production by the U.S. Mint. Which of these was not an original American gold coin? Okay. A, the eagle worth $10. B, the half eagle worth $5. C, the quarter eagle worth $2.50. Or D, the dollar worth a dollar. Okay, three gold coins in the fountain. Okay, uh, which of those is not? I'll say the quarter dollar is the one that leaps out to me that sounds the weirdest, like they wouldn't split it up like that. Uh, so I'll say the quarter dollar. It's the obvious one, so I shouldn't overthink it. C. So letter C, you're going with letter C. Is that your final answer? Sure. Okay. Now, tomorrow you'll appreciate this. We had, like, if this were uh, NPR, you could play Three Coins in the Fountain. You know, my father updated Maggie McNamara. Ah. That's actually true. <laughs> oh, oh, she was the lead. She was yeah. the lead in the movie. Yeah. Oh, there was, I know it was a movie. I just know the Ink Spots song. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, that is your, your final answer. Yes. Um, well, I'm afraid you don't even get a quarter point for that, David Sheward. Okay. Not, I mean, it's not the quarter dollar. These are eagles. So it was the... Eagle worth ten dollars, the half eagle worth five dollars, or uh, you said the quarter eagle worth two fifty, but that well, really was okay. I, sure, okay. Or I, dollar I, worth a dollar. So, okay, Tamar, you actually have a chance to steal this question and get two points. I think you should get the points because he paid attention to this question. <laughs> 
My mind wandered. Maggie McNamara. That's really interesting. Was this in Hollywood? No, it was in Brooklyn. Uh, This was before or after she was a big star. I don't really know. I remember him saying that he dated her. I think it was probably in the early 50s or somewhere around there. It could have been. Maybe it was before she went to Hollywood. Yeah, it could have been. And weirdly enough, she gave him COVID. Who knew? Yes. How did that even happen? I don't even know. But T, um, you actually, you can get two points if you pick the one that I, is correct. What, what are the, what are the choices again? Yeah, well, by the way, I will say that Tamar, even if you get no points playing this game at all, that's very normal. It's a tough game. We have a lot of contestants who come on for the first time and they don't get anything. So it's totally. And if she can't pick an answer, she should throw up her show. Yeah. And if you can't pick an answer, you feel free to just say, um, you know, Pangea or, or promote your show instead. But this is a multiple choice and might as well take a stab. So, again, on this date in 1792, the American government standardized money, including gold coins to be produced by the U.S. Mint. Which of these was not a an original American gold coin? A, the eagle, worth $10. B, the half eagle, worth $5. Or D, the dollar, worth a dollar. Uh, the dollar. Is that your final answer? If it is, if I don't have to yield this question again. Ah, I'm, I'm going to take that as a yes. That's a yes. My goodness, this is very, very rare. But we have our new guest in the neighborhood on the board immediately hey. with two points tomorrow. Well, it's only because David uh, eliminated one, so my percentage went up. Well, yeah, you, it was one out of three. Really? So the they... It was sort of a trick question. Remember, there was a dollar, but it was a silver dollar. Oh, oh, you tricked me. You tricked me. I did. I did indeed. But Tamar, congratulations. You are leading the game with two points. But we have a lot more game to go as well, Uh, David. I hear Leslie dinging, I think. Um, Maybe on your phone. I don't see you trying to get on. Yeah, I'm too lazy to get up and look at my phone. Well, my phone says, um, in in classic Leslieisms, not friggin' launching. Should I stop trying? I'll say keep trying five more minutes. Say try on her laptop or try her phone. Why don't you try your phone? Try your phone. Tell her to try your phone. Do your... Sorry about this. So See how professional this show is? Um, your... It's never happened on Match Game. <laughs> no. No. Uh... Although Brett Summers did uh, occasionally show up late. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and quite inebriated. Yes. <laughs> oh, you could tell when you could tell when the shows were the last one that they taped because right. they would go to lunch in the middle. Of, they would film five shows in a row. Yeah. And then in the and after lunch they would drink quite a bit, so you could tell which shows were taped after lunch. Yeah. Wow. I I know that. I I was too young to even realize that. By the way, tomorrow I hope you you're drinking uh, as I am your delicious. Soursop beverage oh. made by Rico. Mmm, soursop. It's, it's no, is this a sponsor? Yeah, is this your sponsor? No, not, <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just, it's just. I saw this in the supermarket. I had to have it. No, tell mm. me what, what they, my parents' community drinks in Ridgewood. Yeah, it, it's, it's from, from a, a local market. Mm. 
in Queens is actually not sour at all. It's very nice. Okay, let us begin, or let us continue the game with Tamar, or T. This one goes to you directly. So if you get this question right, you will be on the board with four points. So are you ready? Of course. Oh, this is good. Okay. The year was 1801. Oh, in one of the in one of the worst days for Denmark since Hamlet took up sword fighting, Admiral Nelson, trying to keep Denmark from allying with France, destroys the Danish naval fleet um, in the Battle of Copenhagen. Come on, this gotta work. Sorry, I'm just trying to let Leslie in. Um, according to CopenhagenDowntown.com, which of these is false about Copenhagen? A, it's home to the world's oldest still-operating amusement park. B, when a Danish politician tried to post a photo of the town's statue of the Little Mermaid, Facebook blocked it because she was naked. C, Denmark refused to join... Hello, Leslie. C, Denmark refused to join the European Union, but still accepts the euro as currency. Or D, Copenhagen is home to the world's largest collection of unopened beer bottles. One of these is false. Uh, I will say C. You will say, uh, any particular reason you're saying C about uh, the European Union? And well, because it sounds uh, the most logical and we are dealing with this kind of European Union uh, right now with the with uh, Boris Johnson, so I thought you were bringing it up because it's um, it's occurrent. Whoa, I don't even know what that means, but I'm gonna, is that your final answer? It, of course, but I'm not going to change my mind. Oh, that's <laughs> Jewish women do all the time. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Tamar is on the board with four points. Oh my yeah. God, she's got it. She's got it. That is absolutely true. And here's the reasoning. Behind that, um, even though Denmark is in the European Union, you don't use euros there. You can't, they can go on the euro. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's that's the reasoning behind that. Um, Wanted to let you know that the Bakken Amusement Park has been operating since 1583 in Copenhagen. Um, And then let's see, the the Little Mermaid. So is Coney Island. (laughs) No, Coney Island is younger. Yes, the Indians set it up. Yeah, yeah, um, he's right. You know, this started very early with the cyclone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Facebook <laughs> did ban. There, 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 oh, Leslie, Leslie, you're, you're Leslie is muted. Um, so Facebook actually banned the. Just the way you like me, David. <laughs> good morning, Leslie. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Tamar. My apologies. Oh. Oh, the old one didn't work. I had to keep scrolling through. The same thing as last night. One that worked. I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you for that. You guys are so bad. Now, this—I might as well tell everybody, since we're coming up close to eleven o'clock, that we're playing the Today Yesterday trivia quiz with Tamar, the Israeli superstar songstress, with Leslie Hoban Blake, and with David Sheward. So, I'm assuming I'm so far behind. I should just watch. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> oh no! It worked out because your next question <laughs> goes directly to you. It's actually going to work. Oh, out. okay. All right. Let me just finish up the because I I love this part. <laughs> and wait for for how long does this go on? Because I have to tell my trainer I have a workout session. I got to text her. What time is your session? Whatever time this ends. 
Uh, it, it, it probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. I was going to say five, but uh, oh, I, <laughs> no, no. You, usually it goes a little over an hour. I will say that. I don't know what time your session David is. Has an appointment. He has telemed, right? Well, no, that was before. That was last. I was. Or if you like stay that. twelve, you're probably on the safe side. Okay. So, um, or Tammy, how long can you stay? So we'll uh, work in that way. Or I can stay uh, till how about eleven fifty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to try and barrel through it. We should actually be okay with that. So, great. All right. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we got to slow start off to the game. Well, we need to keep the tangents to a minimum. <laughs> All right, yes. If nobody has picked six, I will take six. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so Leslie Arbanc Blake, of course, with six, um, taking the number six on the die. I just, I just, I do want to say that, yes, if you go to Carlsberg Brewery, they have more than 20,000 unopened bottles of beer. Which is the largest collection of unopened beer bottles wow. in the world? Yes, no, man. Like, are you ready for your? And when those bottles pop, Carlsberg is going to be under under oh, beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll have to hops to it when that happens. Oh, that's terrible. Oh. To say the yeast. All right, Leslie, are you ready? Thank for, you, Tammy. For... You got the level of what the you got that right away. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah, I've been dealing with this one since ten thirty in the morning. Oh, okay. I've been dealing with him since nineteen ninety three. That's a very <clears> long <throat> time. I admire your fortitude. <laughs> He's a good friend. That's... About Rabbi Saul's first wife. What? Was she Rabbi Saul's well, tomorrow, did you ever have a, a thing with Rabbi Saul? Like, were you and he ever uh, an item? <laughs> This is something that we don't say. It's going to be in my book. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's still scratching certain private areas, and he's always been wondering. You know, this is why. not my fault. This is uh, this was off Raza. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Leslie Hovan Blake. Here's a question for you. The year was nineteen. Don't fuck with the Israelis, Dave. You know that by now, don't you? <laughs> of course, she's like, you don't do this because we have a. That's it. I am done. either way. Either I thought way, we weren't going to have 1877, <laughs> Leslie Hoban Blake. 1877 was the year. Making her debut in Europe under the stage name Zazel is Rosa Matilda Richter. What was her exciting act? A, um, I don't know why we're, we're being shown a pussy there, being shot from a cannon. B, Hanging from a trapeze by her hands, fingers, and or teeth. C. Tiger Tamer. D. Foley Berger Dancer and Ectesiast. She was known as Zazel. Z-A-Z-E-L. Wow. <laughs> Any one of those could be right, I'm sure. Um, wow. I, I have no idea. And how could I possibly have an idea? Um, I'm going to... Hmm. Okay, given the year, I'm going to say... Folly Berger, dancer and ecdesiast. Is that your final answer? Ecdesiast is a stripper, right? Yeah, someone who takes off clothing. They wouldn't have been able to take very much off in 1877. 
a shoe and a glove would have been probably enough. Um, I'm going to go with that anyway. Final answer. Well, Leslie Obank Blake, I'm afraid to strip you of your title in this instance, but no, that is not the correct answer. So I'm going to roll the die, and we're going to see who gets to try and steal this question. Well, that came up at number six, and this is a number one. Oh, Jesus Christ. A six again. I love six. Five. Does any, no, nobody has a five. God damn it. All right, hold on. Two. Do I have four? You have four. Okay. We haven't hit four yet. But we just hit a number three. So, tomorrow, okay. here's the question for you. I don't know, you were, you were disappearing and a cat was in your place briefly. I had to, uh, yeah, I had to, um, oh. I had to uh, text my trainer. Oh, well, we'll try and keep, we'll try and get you out of here, I promise. No, but, no, it's, it's fine. I'm just, uh, you know, this is a very scintillating question. So please tell it again so that we can. You shouldn't be trained to recentilate. Yeah, if you want to do your exercises during the show, that's fine. But while answering these questions, 1877 was the year on April 2nd, making her debut in Europe under the stage name Zazel, or maybe Zazel, is Rosa Matilda Richter. What was her exciting act? A, being shot from a cannon. B, hanging from a trapeze by her hands, fingers, and or teeth. Or C, tiger tamer. Uh, is that your final answer? It certainly is. <laughs> well, we may have a Tiger King, but you are not, I'm afraid, the Tiger Queen. That is not the correct answer, I'm afraid. Uh, no. So, do we have to roll for four now? Since no, actually, it's only me left. It's only me left, so we don't have. All to right. All right, so my choices, what are my choices and what letters are they? So you have a 50-50 shot. It's A, being shot from a cannon, or B, hanging from a trapeze by her hands, fingers, and or teeth. So it's A or B, right? Correct. All right, we've had a D and a C. You had a D and C? You're not even female. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that doesn't help me at all because it could still be, so A or B, and that doesn't, the pattern doesn't work at all. Actually, had two C's, I think. Pattern hasn't worked for weeks, David. Was it number one a D? Oh, I'm sorry, no, it was D and C. You're, you're right. Okay, okay. So it's shot from a cannon or hung from a trapeze by her teeth? Right, hands, fingers, and or teeth, yes. Ah, uh, they may not have had the technology for a cannon yet in 1870, or maybe they did. Well, what the hell, the cannon, A. Is that your final answer? Sure. Hold on, hold on. Let me take a picture. Ah, it's a cannon. I get it. David Sheward, ladies and gentlemen, you get on the board now with two points. Yay! Excellent. Mazel, Zazel Tov. Because yeah, 17-year-old Zazel was called the first human cannonball. Yes, David, what? No, I'm just... Oh, you're me. Um, even though she wasn't five years earlier, this is amazing. A guy dressed his adopted son as a girl and called her him... Lulu, <laughs> as in the beautiful Lulu, the girl aerialist and Circassian catapultist. Wow. So cannons were like around in the early huh? 70s already. So you, you two, Tamar and Dave, you are both shot out of a cannon here in the game. Leslie, Indeed. you're not that far behind. Didn't, didn't work. I should just go home. It didn't matter that I even got on after all that. We'll see. Tamar has four points. David has two. And we begin the second round of our Today Yesterday quiz here on Dave's 
gone by. The first question, though, goes to Dave, who can tie the game if you get it right. David, sorry. Uh, who can tie the game if you get it right. Are you ready? Yes. April 2nd, 1881. Organized by Edgar Degas, the sixth Impressionist exhibition opened oh. in Paris today. Which of these is false about Degas in later life? Okay. A, he was celibate. B, he was anti-Semitic. C, he was a drunken barfly. D, he was a misogynist. Oh, God. Oh, interesting. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Excuse me. Excuse me a minute. Um, just give, I, I could be wrong about this. Yeah. I think, um, which of these is true? Oh, oh true. Forgive, okay. me. Forgive me. Which of these is true about Degas? Okay. Celibate? I screwed up. I, I, I'm so sorry. give them to me again. Celibate? I will, I promise. Which of these is true about Degas? A, he was celibate. Um, hold on. Drunk? It was is it anti-Semite? Drunk and <laughs> misogynist. Okay. Celibate, anti-Semite, drunk, or misogynist. Uh, so I can give you the answer for this one if you want a hint. Right, David. <laughs> I think I, 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 I'm, I'm, right? I'm losing my but, stuff. But yeah, no, but I want to make sure because I wrote it one way and then I looked at it and it looked wrong. But now I'm thinking it is false again. So it's false. Which of these is false, right? Hold on, hold on. Okay. One of these, mm-hmm. only one of these. I'm sorry, is false. Yeah. Okay, one is false. Celibate and he's Forgive me, I just lost my shit. There. Okay, right. so, so so we could be describing a lot of people in our yeah, modern yeah. culture. I won't stoop to that. Uh, celibate, anti-Semite, drunk, mis- or misogynist. Now, uh, I don't think he was a misogynist because he drew all those paintings of ballerinas, but that doesn't mean he wasn't misogynist. Uh, which of these is false? Right. The obvious answer is celibate because... The, the obvious one, because he drew, because he seemed to love women with all of his paintings of ballerinas. <laughs> I think it's true that he was, it, it, a lot of people were anti-Semitic at that point. A lot of people were drunk. So how did you phrase it? Drunk in a barfly? He was a drunken barfly. A drunken, well, maybe, maybe he wasn't, maybe he was a drunk, but he didn't hang around bars. All right, you know what? Uh, the, I, I screwed up with the when I went with my first answer. I picked the obvious one, and that was wrong. The obvious one is celibate. So I'm going to say that he was not. All right, I definitely think he could have been anti-Semitic. So many of us are. Yeah, yeah the celibate thing. Uh, he he could have been. Uh, maybe his wife died, and uh, and he just idealized women with the ballerinas. Ah, this, is, this is tough. I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say, but he could have been angry at women. I'm going to say that it's false that he was. Oh, it's false that he was a drunken barfly. Is that your final answer? Yes. Well, David, sure. I'm going to, Drink some soursop juice to you because that is the correct answer. Ah. Yes, indeed. Oh, I'm sorry for, for screwing up the, the telling of all that. But here's the deal about uh, Edgar Degas. Lautrec was the drunken barfly. Yes. Yeah, he was not. Toulouse Lautrec was the drunken barfly. 
Well, well, some of the others were, but he was, he was actually, I wouldn't say he was a teetotaler, but when he had friends posing for his painting absinthe, he had to have them vouch that they weren't a bunch of drunks. Um, <laughs> it was also very hermit-like and antisocial in his uh. few years. And he once said, and this is a quote that he <laughs> women, quote, without their co- coquetry in the state of animals cleaning themselves, oh. <laughs> which, you know. Have you ever smelled some women? But anyway, oh, you know, what, like, last the, the weekend I went up to New Hampshire, up to uh, Connecticut. I, we went to the Catherine Hepburn Museum. Yeah, and they were showing a Degas film for an hour. But of course, we didn't have an hour to sit inside and watch a film, so we didn't watch it. So I didn't know any of the answers. Well, but I thought handy. you were going to say he was a celibate, anti-Semitic, drunken misogynist. That would have worked, right? He was, well, he was almost all four. He just, but he all wasn't four, drunk. right? Yeah. That's... He was anti-Semitic, so you know. Yeah, well, score and one for their side, right? We have a tie game. We have David Stewart and Tamar tied in first place with Leslie yet to get on the board. But but Tamar, you prefer Tamar or Tammy? Right. Either one. Okay. My, my my real name is Tamar, but nobody ever called me that until I except in Hebrew school. And then, sorry, my cat is going crazy. Um, uh, and my son's best friend is a Tammy named Tamar. Oh wow! Just so you know, that's me. It's I am yes, well, it's not friend. you, but you know, it's <laughs> all, ever since they were like fourteen years old. Now oh. here's I do have a question now for, for oh. Tammy. I will I'll, I'll just go with Tammy for the. The rest of the thing, but if you want to okay. lapse into Tamar or Tammy Faye or Nico yes, or what's any, Hebrew name? well, would it be Tamar? Is your Hebrew name Tamar or is it Tamuchlechich or something like that? No, Tamar is the people. We're back to that. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> we're never getting rid of it, Tammy. Uh, this is an interesting. This question is a little different from your usual our usual questions oh, on God here. It's called Three Clues oh, in no. the News. Oh, good <laughs> luck, love. You know how, how Joyce loves All right. It. Here's how this works. Um, I'm going to give you three words. They're not connected to each other, but each word is connected to the word that we're looking for. So um, if I were to do, what's my usual one involving? Couch, sweet, mash. Couch, vegetable, you might say, like sweet blank, couch blank. It's a vegetable. What might you say, Tammy Tamar? Like oh, I see what you're saying. I see where you're going with this, the potato. There you go. Yeah. That's how it works. So I'll give you, yeah, in, in Hebrew, how, what is the word for kartoffel? That's, that's German. How do you say potato in Hebrew? Tapuach adama. Right. I remember that. It's the apple of the ground. Oh, yeah. In French, it's pomme de terre. Pomme de terre. Same thing. So anyway, tomorrow, I'm going to give you Damn it. Three, three words that are not connected to each other, each word is connected to the word we're looking for, and the word that we're looking for is somehow connected to something that happened in the news or in current events this past week. Okay, you think you can you can roll with this? I'm going to I'm going to do my best to focus on this question. Here we go. These are the three words, the three clues in the news. Happy stick bitch. Slowly. Happy stick bitch. 
This is a Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> It's Adam Sandler. Okay. Is that, is that your answer? Is Adam Sandler your answer? You're, you're going to go with Adam Sandler, are you? That's, okay. It's, uh... Actually, Rabbi Saul was going to ask Tamar if she does any other Hanukkah songs, you know, so we can have something else besides Adam Sandler's... I don't do this novelty thing. It's very uh, tired. I, I know. That's why I was hoping that maybe you have another Hanukkah song at some point, but you did not... No, I have Mao's tour. There you go. Yeah. It's I have Mao's tour, actually. It's, it's mine, but... It's very cute what you do with this pun. Thank you very much. I'm going to roll the die, because that was certainly not the correct answer. Um, we came up... Somebody had a... No, nobody had a... But he was in Happy Gilmore. Yes. What about Happy Gilmore? Yes, this is true. I'm not sure... Um, this die is killing me! Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Six. Do I get extra points if I wrote down the answer before you asked the question? Wow. No, but that would be amazing. But I'll bet yeah, you Because it had to be. It had to be. And you're right. You were on the right track when you said Jada Pink and Smith. The word is slap. Slap. So it's slap happy, slap stick, and bitch slap. That's yeah. That's, well, it was my thought. I, 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 you, you were kind, and then you went off the track with Happy Gilmore, did, which is not. Yeah, I just want to get into these waters because I'm a member of the academy, and they are going to call me and say uh, you're fired. Uh no, but he just quit this morning. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I no. also I advised him on this. Like uh, no, I was no. Chris Cuomo advising his brother, and then. <laughs> Well, oh the exciting God. part of this is that we now have everybody. I'm on, on the board. board. Yes, that's Lakes exciting. Tamar and David tied with four. So really, it's anybody's game at this point as we move towards the end of the second round of our Today Yesterday quiz. But now, Leslie, you can actually tie the game in a three-way I want a point for my slap. I'm sorry. This is not Dr. Sue. I wrote down slap before you asked the question. Never well, mind. If- Never mind. All right, all right. <laughs> Anyhow. But here's the deal. Seriously, you can, you, we can have a three-way, and I do love a three-way. So here is your question, Leslie Hoban Blake, to end round two. By the way, so did Jada and Will. That's one of the things that, was, oh, yeah. that he was always talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the year was 1914. On this date in 1914, born today in London, is Alec Guinness de Cuff soon-to-be world-renowned actor Alec Guinness. Although not poor, he had a rather Dickensian childhood in that he was illegitimate, his education paid for by his estranged dad, and he grew up with an abusive stepfather. No surprise, then, that Guinness ended up being in three movies based on books by Charles Dickens. Which of these is, or was not, a Dickens novel filmed with Alec Guinness in it? A. Great Expectations B, A Christmas Carol, C, Oliver Twist, D, David Copperfield. Believe it was Christmas Carol. Is that your final answer? Yes, I believe he was in all three of the others. uh, In all four, yeah, three of the others. I don't remember an Alec in his Christmas Carol. God knows I've seen about 8,000, right, David? Well, 
I hate to be Ebenezer Scrooge, Leslie. I'm wrong. Not the correct answer. No. In the movie, Scrooge. What were the other ones? So wait, wait. Well, like, um, let me let me roll the die and see who gets. Oh, he was in the musical Scrooge, is what you're saying, but he wasn't. Oh, that fucked me. Okay, got it. Sorry. You were fucked by Scrooge. (laughs) Which is a horrible thought. Oh, it's, it's the worst die ever. Okay, David Schuert, I just rolled the number four. Uh-huh. So now you do get to steal. It's either okay. Great Expectations, Oliver Twist, or David Copperfield. Uh, let's see, he or David Copperfield. He was in Great Expectations. Uh, he played, he was very young. No, John Mills, John Mills played Pip, and I think he was his friend or something. Uh, he was an Oliver Twist. He played Fagin. And I don't think he was in David Copperfield. He definitely wasn't in the one, the 1930s one with little Dickie Moore. And there was a TV version in the 70s with Damien Evans and uh, Michael Redgrave and Laurence Olivier uh, and a whole bunch of people. So I think it's David Copperfield. Is that your final answer? Yes. There we go. David Sheward, your copper has turned to gold. That is the correct answer. You are in the lead. It was not in the David Copperfield movie. He was in Scrooge and then the other two, as you said. So well done. This is Dave, Big Shock David Sheward leading the game here on this April 2nd. He's back. He's, he's back. In, in, in. Very impressive Alec Guinness, Alec Guinness knowledge. No, well, it, it comes to movies. The two of them are actually pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Well, Tamara, I'm, I'm curious. Real quick question: What would be your, if you had to pick a category on Jeopardy to answer questions about, which would you? What would be your like? Oh yeah, take, let me take that. Nineties country music. <laughs> there probably could be an actual category. I would know nothing about that. Yeah. yeah, 90s country music, I'm very, very good. Also, match game. You ask me anything, match game, I got it. There you go. Well, we're going to match you with three more questions, you guys. Oh, you poor know. baby. <laughs> One more round. Of today, yesterday, today on Dave's Gone By. David Sheward, you are already in the lead, but you can actually take a com- somewhat commanding right. lead. If you get this question correct. All right. It's another multiple choice, and the year is, eight, excuse me, is 1920. Born today in Santa Monica, California, is John Randolph Webb, a.k.a. Jack Webb of Dragnet fame. Oh, okay. And also the TV producer of such shows as Adam 12 and Emergency. A jazz aficionado, Webb played cornet and also sang, sort of, as music listeners heard on his 1958 album, which was titled A, In My Arms Tonight, The Music of Jack Webb, B, You're My Girl, Romantic Reflections by Jack Webb, C, Tico Tico and Others, A Musical Voyage with Jack Webb, or D, The Story You Are About to Hear, Music by Jack Webb. Wow. And what year was it, 1958? Huh. Now, Tico Tico sounds, that's totally weird. But it could be that. The story you're about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. 
It could be that one, but it, that's too, too on the nose. So it's in your arms or you're my girl, huh? Right. Those are the two remaining if you're not picking the other two. Uh, I don't know. The story you're about to hear is, is, is that. It could be that, but I think that may be something you made up. This is the city. Uh, <laughs> there are five million stories here. Rob, there are five million stories in the naked city and you're one of them. And I'm, I'm the naked one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with... So it's... Huh. I think it's one of the romantic, you know, because I don't, I don't know. I don't think he wanted... It could be that he wanted to trade on the, the dragnet image, but maybe he wanted to get away from it because he, if he said, this is the story, it'll be people would think they'd hear dragnet stuff. So I'm going to go with uh, You're My Girl. Is that your final answer? Yeah, yeah. Well, David Sheward, I'm afraid you're my boy. You have gotten two more points. Oh, my God. That is the legitimate Jack Webb album. You're my girl. Romantic Reflections. Antibodies. <laughs> that was, <laughs> Those antibodies are working, man. You're, you're doing well. That was yeah. me, right? That was, no, yeah, I kept thinking of some variation on Pete Kelly's blues. You know, that was yeah. not the yeah. right. It's actually Peggy uh, Lee. Peggy yeah, so Lee, Lee, you got it. Right. Who was nominated Julie, for an Oscar. What was her name? Julie London. London. Julie London, thank you. I kept thinking of Julie Christie. I could was nominated right for an Oscar, and she didn't slap anybody. <laughs> now, if you not there. Later, with Quincy Jones, different story. No. Oh, really? I didn't remember that. There you go. Um, you got to you... read your book, Tammy. <laughs> if you want of course. Later on, go on YouTube and look for Jack Webb doing Try a Little Tenderness. He does them as recitations. Oh, I would bet. Songs. I would bet he does. <laughs> Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful from R&H's Cinderella. Oh, when Sunny Gets Blue uh, is actually a Jack Webb song. I can... As a recitation? Yeah. Well, in his jacket. Uh, when, when Sunny gets blue. Right. <laughs> when Sunny gets blue. That's her eyes go gray. Her, eye, her eyes get gray and cloudy. And cloudy. Yes. Yes. That's how we would do it. That's Jack Webb. <laughs> By the way, and you will appreciate this, David. And, and tomorrow, too, if you like puns. Um, in 2000, the year 2000, Rhino Handmade released a, a set of Jack Webb's recordings called Just the Tracks, Ma'am. I'm currently having an image of a rhino handmaiden. <laughs> well, at least it's not a rhino hand job. So yeah. come oh, on, in. Horny. Ah, ah, ah. come on in, Della. Okay, <laughs> I cleaned up, ma'am. What do you want? Is that feature do? songs by by UNESCO? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> Only on this program would people be making Ionesco jokes, I gotta say. But um, we used to have a picture of um, of uh, Zero Mustel in the bathroom. Is he in the bathroom, or the picture was in the bathroom? (laughs) It was in the bathroom of of uh, I think it was Zero Mustel in In rhinoceros. In rhinoceros. Was this before rhinoceros in the bathroom? I don't doubt it. Was this before or after your dad dated Maggie McNamara? Well, no, that was a true. Yeah, I can't is- tell because uh, the timeline is all, you uh, know, with with the space time continuum. It's yeah. Yeah, I don't have 
Facebook. So I watch this when it's on YouTube. I just watched Peter Noon. Excellent, excellent interview with Peter Noon, by the way. Last week. Oh, well, yeah, oh excellent. You, like you have to go back and watch that, Ted. I, I will, do you know, I, I saw him in Pirates of Penzance. I wanted to see Linda Ronstadt, but she was out. So I got to see, instead of Linda Ronstadt, Kevin Klein, and Rex Smith, I got to see Peter Noon, Maureen McGovern, and Jim Belushi. Oh, not, not a bad trio. I bet yeah. they were good. I, I, they were no Kevin Klein, and yeah, but I'm, but I bet they were good nonetheless. Yeah. Peter Noon was the highlight. Yeah, go figure. That's that's wonderful. That's good to hear. He look. He still looks good. That's you still have the hots for him, Leslie. You you were you were into. Well, him. he looks like an old boyfriend of mine. I mean, <laughs> it's obviously I have the hots for him. You know. <laughs> Well, sometimes you don't, you know, you look back at an old boyfriend and you're like, what was I thinking? Oh, no, no, no. My old boyfriend has aged very well, too. We're still, we're still in touch. He, he, he remarried. He's fine. Everything's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, we're cool here on the, um, or we're heating up, actually, the game of the Today Yesterday quiz. On well, the- I'm dragging the bottom over here. Well, David Stewart is, in, is ahead now with eight points to Tamar's or Tammy's four and Leslie's two. We still have a couple of questions, so it is possible still for Tamar to tie the game. Let's see how this goes, because Tamar, this next question is yours. Are you ready? Or Tammy, I mean, is either of you? I am, I'm ready. Is it about the facts of life? Not the, the actual facts of life, but the TV show, because I'm also oh, really yeah. up. No, it's nothing to do remotely with it. And whether if it, were, if it would help to bring out Nico or Marianne Faithful, you can do one of them too. But either one, not sure. Maybe Nico would be the closest on this. The year was 1941. Happy 81st birthday today to Barrett Eugene Hansen, a.k.a. Dr. Demento, legendary radio host of Mad Music and Crazy Comedy, also someone who's been on this program two times. Which of these is false about the life and times of Dr. D. A, he's a train and railroad enthusiast. B, Rain Wilson will be playing him in the upcoming Weird Al Yankovic biopic. C, he wrote his undergraduate thesis on Alban Berg and Cloud Debussy. Or D, for several years, he and his wife co-owned a macrobiotic food restaurant in Los Angeles. One of these is false about I'm not a big uh, Dr. Demento person. I don't listen to radio very much. So I'm going to say um, D because this is the first letter of your name. Oh, well, for you it would be Dalit, but is that your final answer? Yes, I'm afraid I'm going to get the, 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 this is the wrong xylophone sound. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tamar, don't forget to stay demented because you just got yourself two points. Well done. Oh, my goodness. What a game. That's how it works. It's six now. This is is wonderful. Um, And, yes, Dr. Demento, as as an undergraduate, did a thesis paper on Wojciech and Peleus at Melisson. So go figure. Um, Yeah, that sounded real to me because uh, also – my husband did the same thesis. Did he really? Did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Did he find anything new about Bocek at all? Not really. It's just uh, he found that he wrote 
he ended up writing a, a kind of a Devo like musical. Ah. <laughs> That's I think, yeah. I think Carol really? Channing is going to do the revival. She is. She's very, she's cast already and she's very excited. Yeah. Because she can't do any more uh, motherhood mouth. She's already tired of it. <laughs> is there a part for Liza Minnelli in it? Well, she desperately needs the work. Uh, she's she's going to play the the uh, the person. Uh, everybody says, "Oh my God, is that her? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We Type have... casting. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Leslie, this is interesting because Tamar does have still a chance to tie the game, but only if you get this question wrong and she gets it right. But right, you, right. Well, the... well, and what are the chances of my getting it wrong? Really, fairly slim. Let's hear the question first. Thank you, Tamar. I appreciate that. No, you you got this. You got the same. Thank you. Thank you. Girl, girl power. I got girl it. Power. Here we go. Amen. Thank Maybe you. we Thank need you. somebody to defend us and to slap this host. Yes, we got to get somebody to slap the shit out of somebody else for us. Indeed. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's. That's all. That's second. That's fourth wave feminism. I'm, I'm intending to buy a white horse for that person to ride in on it as well. well. There you go. Okay, here's a question for you, Leslie. <laughs> I, got, I got a wholesale horse dealer, too. I got the horse right here. Yeah, I was about to, I almost choked on this thing at this lozenge I'm eating. I almost aspirated it. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All right, here we go. 1978 Leslie Hoban Blake was the year, April 2nd, 1978, in women's tennis, new champion Martina Navratilova defeats Yvonne Goolagong Cawley in two sets at the Oakland Coliseum Arena. Goolagong would play a few more years, but also parlay her fame into advertising and product endorsements. Which of these was not a product endorsement? A, a line of athletic wear for Sears called Go Goolagong. B, commercials for iron-rich supplement Geritol. C, a Grand Slam line of ping-pong equipment for Kmart. Or D, commercials for the secret recipe of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm. One of these is false. I'm, uh, hmm. This is career... Th- Throughout her career, it doesn't matter when it was. Well, she was famous enough to be doing endorsements, but yeah. She wasn't old enough to do so, to do one of them, and so I thought maybe that would have something to do with it. Um, who was A for? Who was the athletic equipment for? The I'll athletic read again. I'll read A, a line of athletic wear for Sears called Go Goolagong. B, Sears. commercials for iron-rich supplement Geritol. C, a Grand Slam line of ping-pong equipment for Kmart, or D, commercials for the secret recipe of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Unless they put her in a goatee and a mustache, I can't understand why she would have done Kentucky Fried Chicken. The other three sound reasonable. I'm, hmm, I'm going to say that she wouldn't wa- have wanted to be involved with... Um, Oh, I don't know. Ping pong. I, let's say ping pong, the Kmart C. Is that your final answer? It's as good as any other. I've got nothing here. 
Well, you know, you were going back and forth and back and forth on that answer. And go figure, you went forth with the correct answer. Leslie Hoban Blake, that did not exist, the Grand Slam thing. So, Leslie, you get two more points. However, that... I'm still lo- I still lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that finishes the, the main part of the game, which means, David, with eight points, you are our champion this week. Congratulations. David, the Met... Tammy, you probably know David is, is ill, and he still yes. beats the hell out of everybody. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's an amazing feat. David, how are you feeling, by the way? I know no I tangents. I like I have a bad cold, and I should be all right in a few days. Okay. Um, is this because the kids were allowed to take their masks off? I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but uh, I don't know. Did you did you okay. continue wearing a mask in school, or was your mask off too? I did. Yes, I did. I mean, not. I wasn't as vigilant as I should have been, obviously, and maybe it would have happened anyway. And I don't know where it happened, but uh, I did continue to wear my mask. And and you still got leprosy. It's weird, but ah. we still have our tiebreaker, even though it doesn't mean. <laughs> yeah, we, we thought your 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 strip turned blue, and you might have a little uh, a little sure debt or. <laughs> But here's Tamar, a- you are very good at the. You, yes. you did very yes. well. Yes. Oh, so the, oh, thank, okay. in this crazy game, I mean, this is something you can walk away proud for whatever reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's only getting five hundred rubles. Yes, I'm, I'm waiting for the whose birthday, which country music star's birthday is it today? Because oh, that, actually, oh. the closest to that is our tiebreaker. I'm not kidding, Tamar. So we're going to do our tiebreaker. Um, it works a little differently from the other questions because I'll read the question and you'll actually write your answer down. And then I'll read the question again. I'll give a three, two, one countdown. And then you'll hold up your written answer to the camera, just like this. You can hold it up in Spanish. Is this one? But um, that's the thing. So you're not going to shout it out. It doesn't go. It goes to all of you at the same time. Okay. You got that? Can I sign it like in Coda? You can, you you can try. You can if you can decipher it, and we can yeah yeah. And that that that's we just do just draw little hands and then, yeah. So it's not a multiple choice though. This is actually you have to get the answer, the name of the answer right. Are you guys ready to play our tiebreaker? Okay. Uh yeah. Okay. okay. The year was 1942. Born today in Lawton, Oklahoma, is this Grammy-winning singer songwriter and keyboardist who started with Delaney and Bonnie and then gained fame when Joe Cocker covered his Delta Lady. One of the performers at the fabled 1971 concert for Bangladesh, this rock and roll hall of famer, uh, that, that name came up again today, who died in 2016 is best known for his classic, A Song for You. Who I got you? this one. I, I got to get a piece of paper. Yeah, hold on, because I know it. There we go. Look at this. Oh, I should know this. Yeah, lots of clues. And it kind of does tap into 1990s country, sort of. Uh, Not so much, though. What were the, not born in 19, whatever? I'll, I'll, I'll read the question again. The uh, year was 19... 19- Why don't you wait till she comes back, even though she has it? Why don't you wait till she comes yeah, back? Okay. Um, let's see. Well, David Short's thinking. Oh, here, here she is. But now I can't... I'm going to write it in lipstick. Okay. You, you, you can do that. 
Don't hold it up till he tells you to. Right. I'll okay. give a three, two, one countdown, and then all of you will hold up your answers at the same time. <clears throat> so, I hope you can read this because right. it's in blushing pink or whatever. Just don't write it in Hebrew. That's all. No, no, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, Left to right this time. Just don't hold it yet. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> we don't have to read it backwards. Well, Good. The year was 1942. Born today in Lawton, Oklahoma, is this Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and keyboardist who started with Delaney and Bonnie uh, and then gained fame when Joe Cocker covered his Delta Lady. One of the performers at the fabled 1971 concert for Bangladesh, this rock and roll Hall of Famer who died in 2016 is best known for his classic, A Song for You. Who was he? Three, two, one. Hold those things up. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa! We have a winner of just the tiebreaker, and that winner is Israeli. It's Tamar. Oh. Oh. No, great guess. It wasn't, um, and it wasn't Liberace. It was Leon Russell. Oh, oh, oh of course. Oh. I couldn't remember. I couldn't this think of one. Name. I know because um, it's a little bit uh, music. It's it's it t- touches on musical category. Oh well, the country music. There. Have you ever covered a song for you? Every every Ray Charles did it. He did the best version. Have you ever done that one, Tamar? I have not. I think Marianne Faithful may have done it, but I can't remember. Oh, I oh God, I love Marianne Faithful. What happened to her voice was the best thing that ever happened in the I whole love world. It. Just, it's, like, it's like listening to a razor blade cutting, trying to saw down a tree. It's amazing. It's, it's fab. It's, I've, done, I've done a lot of, a lot of shows as Marianne. Would you, um, and I don't want to put you, you can say, certainly say no, but can you give us a little, like a line or two or so, or, or you need to, you can't just do it like an impressionist. No, Marianne is. It's not easy to do. It's not. It's she's very scratchy and she doesn't. It, it doesn't. She. It's very difficult to do Marianne. Or to because, do it faithfully, you know, which is. is uh, it, it basically comes from her navel. It's it's so it's, deep. Oh, you want you want her singing voice, you know. The morning sun touched like the young, the eyes of Lucy Jordan. That's that's her. That's that's yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to hear, well, you won't actually hear more of that at Pangea over the next uh, couple of nights, because you will, you will be hearing instead the music of Tamar, Israeli songstress, doing songs by Zager and Evans. Do it remind, please remind us, like, some of the, the people you're doing there. You're right? doing uh, Nights in White Satin. You're doing uh, These Days, the Jackson Brown song, but in Hebrew. Uh, I translated it, and uh, we're doing a little bit of uh, Marlene Dietrich, a little mm. Paul Simon, a little bit of uh, Jacques Brel. In that, that one, we do in French, Hebrew, and English, and then uh, we do a little Zegar and Evans. We do a little uh, some Leonard Cohen's. Any Wild Man Fisher? Are you doing any of uh, any of his? Stuff? This is not in this show. Last show. Last, I, mi- I knew I missed that one. Oh well. Well, everybody, go see her. Go to pangia.nyc, pangia.nyc, to get tickets to see Tamar in person doing this music April 7th, April 14th, and April 21st. And, and I guess the other question is, Tammy, Tamar, do you have 
uh, it's rather hard to find an actual website of your. Oh, I don't have. A, I used to have a website when I was solely doing the Tammy Face Starlight character, which was a um, right wing evangelical uh, anti Semitic um, filthy country singer. She's very sweet, um, but uh, but that. I then I just didn't keep it up, and um, so it's just Facebook and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you know I don't really have a very what big. What's your, your Facebook handle where people can find? It's, it's Tammy Faye. Oh, fine. Which, if you think of Jessica Chastain, who kind of stole this uh, from me because oh. uh, that's what she does. She's redheaded. What can you do with this kind of person? Um, no, it's Tammy Faye. It, it actually took it in the nineties from <coughs> Tammy Baker because my name is Tammy and I was doing a country character and she was just so prevalent. So I just sure. took that. Well, everybody take yourselves to her Facebook page, Tammy Faye, and take yourselves to Pan I can't Theater. take her to Facebook. I can't go to Facebook. Are you, do you have any other presence? I'm not on Facebook. Uh, Instagram. I thought I got. Oh, yeah, oh. Instagram. I might be Tammy Faye Starlight or Tammy Faye NYC. You'll see, and I'll I'll find you if that's. Yeah, I'm really curious. I'm, oh, I I think you're lovely. Oh well, I think you're lovely. Well, as well, I think I'm lovely, and it's lovely. To you know, are you're lovely. not lovely. You're a lot of things, but lovely is not one of them. Thank you, thank you, Lizzie Hoban Blake, <laughs> who will never be on this program again. Is you can you can see her on Critics Circle. With our mutual friend. Oh, oh, we're back. We're back. The show is now two back. I'm back. I've been in the theater. I've seen two shows. Yeah. I, I was not allowed. Long story short, I had radiation last summer. I was not allowed to go oh. back to the theater because I was immunocompromised, Tammy. And my doctor has given me permission as long as the mask mandate and the vaccine, vaccine mandate are in. So I hope I can get through April I in the so. theater. I think they should keep it. but you know, I just... do too. They're keeping it to the end of April. I said yeah, I can get to April, but I won't, I won't get to all the shows that are opening in that case because a lot of them are opening in late April and we won't get there till May. Uh, anyway, we just reviewed Plaza Suite, oh. which, is, which is two hours and 45 minutes. I'll never get back again. Yeah, that's oh. what I've, I've read. I think that seems to be the consensus. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I like. All right, I take that room. back. Out of the two hours and 45 minutes, not counting the intermission, I probably liked 15, but that was 15 amidst all three playlists. That was not continuous 15. Okay. What did you so, think, David? You were you more, more sanguine about Plaza Suite? Oh, I love the glasses. Oh, they're adorable. I, <laughs> you look about 12. Uh, oh, God. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the, the second two pieces. The first one I thought didn't work at all. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so the opposite. I thought the second two pieces were purely fluff and just to be funny, yeah. and that they were fine. The first piece I thought tried too hard to be serious, and it just didn't work. Oh my gosh! I went back to, and to look at the reviews in 1968, and Clive Barnes called it a laugh machine. Yeah, and it ran for 1,095 performances. Yes, it was a huge hit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was one of Mike Nichols. Like he was just. He yes, kept... he won a Tony for it. He, that was a big. Yeah, hit. he was like unstoppable hit. at that point. It was a huge yeah. hit. Well, maybe with a Mike Nichols type director. I mean, John Benjamin Hickey is a lovely actor. I don't mm -hmm. know what his his directing credentials are. 
I don't know. He's best friends with Sarah Jessica. That's his credential. Okay, well, that's a very high- not the right reason for a director to work with someone. Sorry, it doesn't well, really well, work I'll, that I'll way. I'll say this: I won't give five cents for Mike Nichols, but you know, just kidding. That's oh, I get it. Little Nichols. Yeah, well, maybe you need alcoholics in those roles. <laughs> I well, think. That's true. Yes, you're right. At the, opening right. night, at the opening night party, uh, Maureen Stapleton and George C. Scott got so drunk that he tried to flush her mink coat down the toilet. <laughs> wow. I just give him an A for, you know, uh, just the the sheer magnitude of that conception. Because there's <laughs> no way that he could do it, but that he... That he I don't you think know, he thought about it, Tammy. I think that's no, why he did it. You, say, it was, you say it as if he had a floor plan for how to do it. I don't I think, think that's he was thinking of Robert Browning. You know, if man's reach does not exceed his grasp, then yeah. what's a heaven for? I think that that's where he was going with it. By the way, speaking of Maureen Stapleton's drinking, I played the lead in Gingerbread Lady in Stock. Oh, and wow. I think that Gingerbread Lady was his finest non-comedy. Uh-huh. I, it had I, funny moments. It was a dramedy. It was an early oh. dramedy. Oh, Tam- Tammy, come back. Yeah, I know. It Sorry, my, 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 my power is getting low. I got to get my <laughs> okay. trainer. You have your training to do. Um, but before we let all of you go, I've got to say that David Sheward, if you want to read his review of Plaza Suite, is it posted yet? On- yes, it's on uh, uh, Theater Life and Cultural Daily. And I combine it with my review of MJ, the Michael Jackson musical, Ooh. which I couldn't see until recently because the lead had broken his foot, just or not broken, but had a foot injury. Yeah. Uh, so I was only able to see it recently. Cool. And- yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. yeah they that- said they'd get me in. Like beggar. I'm- oh, sorry. Uh, Tamar, yeah. Tamar. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to reading the reviews of these plays. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, to- mine will be on, ours will be on YouTube. Uh, you'll be oh, good. able to see ours on YouTube. And mine is on, as I said, Cultural Daily and Theater Life. Cultural oh, good. Com, theaterlife.com. Also, David has a blog at The David Desk. Yes, The David Desk. I had I got 21 right out of uh, 23 Oscars. That's Whoa. better than almost anybody, right? I only missed adapted screenplay, original screenplay, and I missed uh, animated short. Everything else I got. Ah. You didn't Very nice. Short. That's his. Yeah. How did you miss animated short? Uh, I don't know. I saw I know. four. I, I know. Four. It's, it's such a given, right? I, got, I, missed, <laughs> I saw four. Well, I did see four of the five nominees, and I didn't like the winner as much as the one I picked. But whatever. Yeah, we, we like that sort of influence. And I thought Licorice Pizza would get original screenplay over uh, Belfast, but I'm glad Belfast won. Yeah, I Belfast was a chugger. It was a real juggernaut. It really. I'm glad it, I'm glad it won. Amazing. Wow. Okay. I haven't seen any of these, but um, wow. Well, I want to thank all of you for playing the today. Yesterday. Lovely meeting you tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, too. Tomorrow. So, you uh, too. And if you feel like coming to Pangea, just uh, okay. stop on by. Well, it's it's okay. very bizarre. Okay. And you can read my reviews. Uh, I have reviews from starting 2014 in the Times from uh, Charles Isherwood and Stephen Holden. Uh, oh, Telly and uh, Jose Solis uh, last year. So you should invite Isherwood back for this because he's at the Wall Street Journal now. He just yeah. got hired there. I saw. Yeah, right. oh, maybe we Speaking will. of your, your, so Jose has my my giant white couch that didn't fit in my new apartment. 
Does he? And and uh, Stephen and I, Stephen was a, a cabaret critic for the Times for a hundred years, and that's yeah. I got to know him that way because I was a cabaret critic at one time. Too, oh, so. yeah, he was so sweet. He reviewed um, a Marianne show, my Marianne Faithful show, in twenty sixteen. I twenty fifteen, and then twenty sixteen, he did a profile for the Times. Oh, how lovely! I'll go back and find them. I'm very, yeah. very interested, especially and, in her. Yeah. He was, oh, well, you're very kind. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Voices are great reviews. Look for Tammy Faye Starlight. Look for, Tam well, Tamar. They've got a couple of profiles of that character, too. Yeah, she hasn't gotten reviewed yet from the Times. They were there, but uh, no, Charles Isherwood was my first Times review for the Nico show, and that was yeah, the most. Oh, my thrilling. God, you did Nico also. I'm sorry to be so absolutely not. I No, no, no. Please, I got to go back and find all this. Wow. Oh, it's, you know, but. Uh, I will ask Charles Isherwood because he was very kind. Mm. As, as non-Jews tend to be. So, yes. you've been watching um, the, this part of the Dave's Gone By show, the Today Yesterday quiz. Congratulations <laughs> to David Sheward. And um, thank you. David so Sheward, feel better, please. Thank you. Yes, I, get well, better quick here. I'm okay. I, I mean, I, I just like I have a cold, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, you look terrific, by the way. Considering yeah. what you in the past. Yeah, I know. That's, oh. I, I mean, just so, so long as it isn't the long form. My sister wound up with the long form, so. Definitely, you know, take it slow and easy. Yeah. She said, but you know, and then there's, of course, um, Tamar, Tammy Faye, see her at Pangea, April 7th, 14th, and 21st. Well, it's not, it won't be, it'll just be Tamar at Pangea in mm -hmm. New York. I want to thank all of you for playing the game, for being in the neighborhood. Now, give us those match game bye-bye things while I, I remove all of you from the room. Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and bye-bye to Leslie Hope and Blake. We'll see you next week, God willing. And uh, to David Stewart. Feel better, man. Okay, bye-bye. Here on Dave's Gone By in the neighborhood. That was wonderful. That was delightful. And I was kind of worried because I didn't know if, if, if we'd be able to stay in character. About, about, uh, Tamar, that she, she probably... Uh, took on more personas during the show, like more accents and more voices than... Uh... Yeah, what was that, that movie, Sybil? Yeah. It was, it was... <laughs> Multiple personalities, who was wonderful. I speaking to you. Ah, what a joy. Well, and congratulations to David yeah, Stewart for winning the game. Really great, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what, we got... Who won, David? Of course. Oh, well, of course, but David Stewart. But Tamar, man, she had like six points. You know what, I... I was worried because, you know, it's very esoteric knowledge, but she seems to be in that milieu as a singer. She's got, and with his musical, that helps. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. she got the tiebreaker. So technically, she actually got eight points. I know nothing of those questions. I'm very impressed anybody knows it. Well done. I hope you're enjoying the show. This is Dave's Gone By. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. That's my wonderful, adorable, and darling wife over there. Her name is Joyce. Potato is with us. Hi. I've got my soursop beverage. <laughs> To yeah, get me please explain what's behind you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You thank you. About it. Do you not want to? Well, no, I... I, I you never told them that you finally conquered the ice cream man. Oh, oh, we have so much to yeah, talk about. It's really hard to find the ice cream man. That yeah. was a big, it was like the Yeti, Sasquatch, <laughs> Nessie, like Loch Ness Monster, and the Mr. Softy truck of the... Oh, yeah. So, all right, let me, let me do those two things. Plus, we still have um, Inside Broadway to do, and briefly, I guess... Our Grilly Crimes in Old Times and our Colorado Limerick. Oh my God! You will yeah, stay with us, Dave. We've got so much more. But I want to explain that this. I work in a school district.
in Nassau County. And they were moving a lot of equipment and doing stuff. And this had been on the walls for like two years. Nobody's been using this. Um, is, is some kind of teaching teachers to teach in terms of like second, third, fourth, and fifth graders English and writing. So we've got assessment. So I'm, I'm assessing this show as being really going well. Uh, writing workshop, which, you know, the, the writing could use a little work. It's a lot of improv on this program. Word work. Well, my lips weren't working so well early in the program. It was doing a lot of malaprops and, and misspeaking things. Um, phonemic awareness. I don't even know what that is. And by the way, I just realized, I really realized that these are reversed. Okay. <laughs> I purposely did it. I thought you reversed the four on purpose. Yeah, no, I'm going to leave it there. No, I, I literally went dyslexic. Purpose. I thought you did it on yeah. purpose. It looks good that way, doesn't it? Oh, that's why she said it looked yes, like a swastika. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it waking looks up. It's like the Holocaust memorial that was destroyed in the Ukraine. That's what it looks like today. And here's, here's we have sort of unbalanced literacy or unbalanced illiteracy on this program. So we're working towards this. Phonics, on which I'm hooked. And finally, reading, which is what you should all be doing instead of watching this program, but here you are. So, as we move, not quite towards noon yet in the neighborhood, I also want to tell you about, yes, I was I was complaining, uh, as I always do, a week or two or three ago, that the, as Joyce uh, compared him to the Yeti, the elusive Mr. Softy ice cream man, who when every, you know, Joyce and I, one of the few things that we actually physically are able to do because of the pandemic is... TMI, TMI. No, I'm, I'm saying we, we, we're stuck. We're basically stuck in a room most of the time together. So any opportunity to get out, we will. And we'll go pick up food. And, and then half the time we'll eat in the car. Just because it's out there, we, we get to, to look at something. We're not going into restaurants yet. Uh, as the weather gets nicer, I'd like to sit at maybe an outside cafe table and, and eat, or, a, a, you know, in the park oh, well, and have a picnic. Oh, my gosh. I didn't see the one. Wow. So, um, but what will invariably happen is we'll be in the park, and either we'll be taking a walk or we'll be having a meal, and I'll hear the invariable, that, that number. Hold on, I, I, I should have it. Where is it? Now, now, you know, uh, if you've ever been a kid, you know the lure of that music. The, the very sound of it. It's like, even if you weren't thinking about ice cream, even if you're not in the mood for ice cream, it triggers something primal inside you. And you hear, it's ice cream. Must have ice cream. Um, Eddie Murphy did a whole routine about this, about what it meant to be a child and hear the ice cream man coming. So I'm still a child at heart, as anybody who watches this program knows. So if we're walking and we're in the park, invariably we will be all the way at the other end of the park by the water and we'll hear drifting over the air, which makes me realize, A, how much I want ice cream, and B, <laughs> that by the time I were to try and go back around the pond and get towards it, he will be gone. So it's this incredible carrot and stick, this Sisyphusian 
problem that I have with the ice cream truck or we'll be in the parking lot and I'll be sitting there and we'll have gotten Chinese food or Italian food. That'll be our dinner. And we're opening the boxes and we're opening the packets and I'm pouring on the ketchup if I need it or I'm, I'm putting this around or I'm, I'm taking this sauce or this soup and I'm sitting there and I'll have like two bites and we'll, you know, and you're eating in a car. So you've got a tray on my lap and there's not much room and you're not maneuvering. You got to be really careful and you're in it. And then I will literally li just have begun eating and I'll hear. I'm like, God damn it. Because I know I have really very little option here. I can either clear off all the food that I have just begun eating and run and get a dessert. <laughs> or I'm going to have to listen to that music and just let it pass. Because I'm, I'm in, just starting my meal. I'm all set up here. I shouldn't really be having dessert before dinner anyway. So, and that's why this one has happened like two or three times. Like, there was one time when I was doing this program on a Saturday afternoon, about 1230 in the afternoon, you know, half an hour from now. And I look out the window and I'm hearing, and I realize I'm on the air. I cannot throw on jacket, run downstairs, leave you hanging, and then well, come back up here and try and eat an ice cream cone while doing the show. So week after week, time after time, I have been denied. I have I've, I've seen the carrot dangled in front of me, the chocolate and vanilla swirl carrot. And you might ask, well, Dave, you know, if you like ice cream that much, why don't you just buy ice cream at the supermarket and keep it in the fridge? Well, you know it's not the same. There's not the, I, I'm sorry, you buy the little things or the, the, one of those square things I used to like. Oh, the dove? No, the, um, Doves were good, but the, the sandwich. Uh, yeah, the ice cream sandwiches. Klondike? Klondike, the Klondike yeah, like squares, the I love those. You like the Oreo cookie one. Oh, I did love that. Oh, first of all, we have no room in our freezers because there's all sorts of other crap in there. But more to the point, it's, it, it's no. Going down to your freezer, getting some hardened... Um, what do they call it? Not hoarfrost. What comes on? Uh, oh, just freezer burn. Freezer burn. Yeah, getting the ice cream that's been in there for eight months is still perfectly good. It's just not the same as running out, going to the ice cream man and saying, give me a soft, so because regular ice cream you can get anywhere, you know, but it's that soft, custardy serve in the swirl, right, in the cone. Ah. And finally, this week, this a couple of days ago, we get to the park. We're sitting there. Do we have dinner with us? I think we're we're we not. We were eating. We're, we're about to we're about to eat, and we're just starting. And I hear, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. We were here. We were home. Oh, you mean outside? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you meant when you missed him. No, you. Missed I missed him one time this week. Yeah, and then we, two we, days we, later, you had um, we were talking. Yeah, we were just you yapping. Already been undressed, so you were yeah, ready. I was good to know. I, I was literally I was in my underwear and my, my my little pajamas, and then right outside on our block because we have a couple of families here with lots of kids, and and I hear it. I hear it coming down the block. 
And this is before I had dinner, right? But I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to do some work. I've got my clothes off for the night. And and I look at Joyce, and she looks at me, and she'll just do it. I said, run for it. I was like, run for it. I pull on my my long big boy pants. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part is the belt, because the belt has all these ridiculous holes. I've got my undershirt on, so I throw on a jacket over it. I'm running out the door, and, and there it is. It waited. It stayed. I jump out. I run to the guy. I say, swirl, swirl, please. It's big, small. I mean, small, small. Where does my swirl? You know, the chocolate and vanilla swirl together in the cone. And he hands me the cone. I can't, even, I can't believe this is actually happening to me after all this time, after all this disappointment. And I get it in my hands for three and a half goddamn dollars, by the way, for an ice cream cone. And yet, it was delicious. I bring it up. I, I literally I held it like a trophy to you. I said, "Hun, yeah, I no, got you it." it up to me because, oh, you want the picture? Oh, I, you know, I forgot to, to download the picture. Okay, Joyce took a picture of it. It wasn't even at that point about like just desiring the ice cream. It was the victory. It was the fact that. At some point in, you know, Tamar was talking about time zones converging. This was the one time in weeks that the harmonic convergence of my life and my schedule and my time cycle aligned with Mr. Softy. I ate my Mr. Softy and you had some. It was delicious. The cone was good, too. It didn't even drip on me. There again, look at that. It was difficult to eat because I had the mask on. I had to sort of mash it through the pipe, <laughs> <laughs> through the, the nylon. But look at me. That's, that is victory. That's me holding my Olympic torch, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and there's my deodorant in the upper left. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't mistake it for the <laughs> so deodorant. It's and all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's 12.02 in the afternoon here. In the neighborhood on the Dave's Gone By Facebookio, Podcastio, Programio of the Stream with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wife Joyce. Want to give a shout out to our friends at Ulit Minuteman Press, those fine people, the Torong family who own and operate the Minuteman franchise in Ulit, Long Island. I can't do a commercial for them. I, I can't say that they're sponsors or anything. Let's just say they're really great. They do fine work, reasonable prices, and I've been using their services for uh, 30 years at this point. So yay to you Lit Minuteman Press. And yay to all of you for watching and sharing and enjoying the show. Oh my God. Let's see. We've got Inside Broadway to do and we also have <clears throat> well since we were talking to theater people before, let's do let's let's do our Inside Broadway segment, which we haven't done for a few months now, because I haven't been going much to the theater. But I do want to talk a little bit more about Plaza Suite. And I do want to give you some other news that is about and affecting New York theater, because I love it. I've, I've been a theater critic for 30-something years. I've been an actor, a director, certainly an award-winning playwright. So I do love the theater and sharing it and talking about it with you on this segment, Inside Broad... Well, where the hell is it? Inside Broadway... Come on. Here we go. 
Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Yes, in the Inside Broadway we go. Uh, I used to say every week, but we haven't done it in a while. We'll probably be doing it pretty frequently over the next couple of weeks, just because there's so much going on on Broadway. As I mentioned early in the show, it, this is crazy time. This is when all the producers try to open shows that they want to have considered for a Tony this year. And also because, you know, at least for now, COVID has gone way, way down in New York and, and all around the country. This is the uh, producers who've been sitting on shows and couldn't run them and then had to open them and close them and go on a hiatus and take a week off. Now they can, at least for a few weeks, <laughs> keep Broadway the way it used to be even though we're all wearing masks, even though everybody's got to produce proof of vaccination, at least through April 30th. But let me even tell you what's happening just this week, and this is early in the, the madness cycle that's about to be. Opening on Broadway tomorrow night at the Barrymore Theater, a new musical called Paradise Square is about um, turn of the century New York and how the Irish and the block, uh, and, and black people really got along for a while until you know, a, a schism happened and it eventually uh, turned into riots, uh, and, you know, race riots, and, and uh, a lot of blacks were killed and it was horrible. So they made a musical about this. And if you remember, um, about a year or two ago, our friend of the neighborhood, Larry Kerwin, was promoting this because he worked on it. He, he, he co-wrote this show along with composer Jason Howland and a couple of other people. I think Craig Lucas is on it as well. Um, it's Paradise Square. It's got mixed reviews, and it's ramp up to New York. It's a big, epic sort of musical, which is what you would expect from producer Garth Drabinsky. Um, he was well-known about 20-something, 20 25 years ago, for bringing really good-looking, fully, richly produced musicals to Broadway, like Ragtime and that marvelous uh, revival of Showboat that he, he brought to the fore. Unfortunately, the interesting thing about old Garth was that, um, well, when he was bringing those shows to Broadway, he, he had some interesting accounting going on. So he would show one set of books to the IRS and another set of books to, or <laughs> that he would be real of what the shows were really making and not making. Eventually, uh, he, he ran to Canada he did some time in jail. He's back. There are second acts in the theater. I'm sure they're looking over his ledger very, very closely in in terms of Paradise Square. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to try and see it this week, so I'll let you know how it was. Also opening this weekend, I'm very, very much looking forward to this one, a revival of Richard Greenberg's comedy drama, Take Me Out, at the Hayes Theater. It's a second stage production. So, Take Me Out is an ensemble drama about baseball. And it's all about this guy, this, this star, almost a superstar, on a baseball team, professional, major league, who comes out as gay. And he doesn't think it's going to be that big a deal in this day and age. I mean, the play's about 10, 15 years old. Um, you know, no biggie. He's just going to be out there and be out there. But it does cause ripples and it does cause ramifications. And that's the play. And it's going to be directed by Scott Ellis. Jesse Tyler Ferguson is in the cast. I loved the play when I saw it a decade and a half ago. Looking forward to seeing the revival of Take Me Out 
at the Hayes Theater. Um, want to let you know some shows that are not opening in April, but will be in the season ahead. For example, there's going to be a revival of August Wilson's classic play, The Piano Lesson, that will be opening in September. So it'll be part of the next theater season. Latanya Richardson Jackson is directing it. Why? Because her husband, Samuel L. Jackson, is in it playing the character of Doker. Also, John David Washington is going to be playing the lead role, Boy Willie. John David Washington is Denzel, Washington's child. So it's a lot of family affair here. It's going to be at the St. James Theater. I remember seeing it with Charles S. Dutton when the play first opened in the 90s, and it really just rocked the house. Uh, the audiences, audience, myself included, loved it. Um, Charles, Charles S. Dutton was just a force of nature in that show. Anyway, um, it will be opening in September, The Piano Lesson, all about a black family's fight over a treasured heirloom. And want to let you know also that a revival is coming, it was just announced this week, of Lerner and Lowe's musical Camelot. But as I guess we're allowed to do now, they're going to muck with it because it always had a problematic book. So rejiggering the book, but not the, the songs for Camelot, will be Aaron Sorkin. Yes, Aaron Sorkin of The West Wing and the adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird that is coming back to Broadway in June. So the songs remain, the book will be different, and Bartlett Sher, who did that wonderful revival of South Pacific, he will be directing for Lincoln Center Theater at their Vivian Beaumont Broadway house. Bartlett Sher and LCT have been making a, a thing of doing revivals of the greatest of all musicals. So they did My Fair Lady a couple of seasons ago, South Pacific, as I mentioned. Now they are taking on Camelot, so it should be something to see. Uh, I'm not sure when that is. It might be next season or the season after, but they're going to be doing it. Okay, <clears throat> when I get back to Plaza Suite, which um, Leslie was so dismissive over, and David Sheward wasn't into that much, it's a revival of a Neil Simon triptych play, if you will. The idea is, it's three one-act plays, really, different characters, but they're all set in the same room of the Plaza Hotel, circa 1967, 68, 69. They don't update it. They, one of the things that some critics objected to in this revival is that it really is set. You know, when they mention how much something costs, it costs what it costs in 1960. So if he was paying something like $70 an hour for the musicians. They don't update, like, Long Day's Journey to make it about right. opioids, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they don't, they, they don't, you don't retrofit. I mean, you don't update. Right. Is that true? I don't... Well, no, sometimes they do. Or sometimes they'll take a show that was set here and, they and try and move it up yeah, or move it back in time. all the classics. Right. Like, put Brighton Beach Memoirs in Spain or something. I mean, like... Right. I mean, it, it's... So they don't. So there is a real retro feel to the this revival of Plaza Suite. And as a matter of fact, what's really kind of interesting about the set design um, by, who was it? It was, um, shout out to, ah, I'm, well, I wrote it down somewhere, who the set designer is. But it feels like old world, the Plaza Hotel, but there's also, it feels a little bit shabby. It also feels like it's not at the greatest height of the Plaza Hotel, because one of the things that they say in the first scene of the play is that, well, that hotel's gone, and that one's changed, and everything's kind of changing from the way it was and going downhill, which is going to be reflected in the marriage of the two 
uh, protagonists of the first act. So as I said, there's three plays all set in this room around the same time period. All these couples are being played by Matthew Broderick and his real-life wife, speaking of familial, Sarah Jessica Parker. So in the first episode, there's a visitor from Mamaronek. It's about a middle-aged housewife and her husband who's really obsessed with turning 50 and growing older and, and being in good shape and not getting an ounce of fat on him. Um, and also just obsessed with work. You know, just, just he, Even though they have a night at the Plaza Hotel while their hotel is being, while their house is being painted, um, he's like, he's got to work. He's got to do these figures. I work with the, an yeah. MD who they, his wife took him to get away from work. Yeah. She took him to like a, a, be, a be in bed and breakfast. And he wanted us to sneak him a laptop, like FedEx a laptop and FedEx. And yeah. we refused. But she's, I mean, yeah, yeah. So he has, he is exactly that way. Only he has kind of an ulterior motive. That his wife finds out by the end of the scene. Is it because she's with somebody else? Well, let's just say the secretary arrives to bring some important papers and then to have to go meet him at the office in half an hour. Oh. oh but not but that's what your secretary always has to do. I know, right? So what's wrong with that? <laughs> nothing. Nothing oh, at all. Okay. So the... I'm just putting a, the thing on my yeah. fingers. So what's really going on in this couple's marriage, you know, they've got kids and he's made a very good living. They've got a really nice big 12 room house. It was like, no, like a 12 room apartment or something like something ridiculous like that. Um, or 12 room house in my marriage. Mm -hmm. But uh, point is there, what is just going to be a nice, what the wife thinks is a romantic yeah. night at the plaza oh, uh, turns into um, a real, almost a showdown about their marriage. And I know some of the critics were saying, well, it's not funny enough. I thought I really felt the truth and the melancholy under this piece more than the others. So while it's still very funny, there's a lot of laughs. And I really, this play was more meaningful of the, the two. And I thought it balanced the comedy and the drama very well. And I liked both Sir Jessica and, and Matthew. <laughs> I know them my first name. Um, in this piece. In the second, I was a little less convinced. This one is a lighter play. It has to do with a guy who was just a guy from the block, a nice boy from the block, but he makes it really, really big as a Hollywood producer. So now he's got a room in the plaza for a business deal that he's got cooking up, but he also arranges to meet his old girlfriend from back in the day. Now, she's married, she's got kids, she's got a nice little life, she's a nice little wife. But, hmm, she's meeting him in the middle of the afternoon for an hour or two, this big famous producer now. Uh, she's had a couple of drinks in her, and what is she really there for? And what is he really there for? And so that's, that's the underlying premise, and there's a lot of physical comedy. Um, and, and Sarah Jessica Parr, it's funny, she goes from very frumpy in the first play to quite cute and sexy in the second one, but she's also a little mannered. There's also certain things that she goes for for effect in, in physicality that is just like kind of studied. It's not organic feeling. It is, oh, she's going to go for a... She just did that for an easy laugh. It wasn't real. And, and that took me out of things. Um, it still is an enjoyable second act. I could have lived without it. Third act, and you probably all remember this one, like from the movie with Walter Matthau is another couple. This is um, a visitor from Forest Hills. And it's a classic setup. Very simple, uh, almost like um, a high concept idea for a play. It's a wedding. 
downstairs in the plaza, the couple are up in the, 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 the father and mother of the bride are in their room, in the hotel room. Who's in the bathroom? The bride. What is she going to do? She's not coming out. Oh, that's, yeah. And meanwhile, all the guests are downstairs. Yeah, they're calling up the thing. And they're just trying to, you know, with all the money that's been spent and all the, the storm and gong over playing a wedding for two years, now it's suddenly like, she's not coming out. She's not coming out. She's not coming. So all the permutations of trying to get their daughter even to communicate with them, let alone come out of the room. And then there's kind of a jokey punchline at the end of it that, that didn't really work this time. But a lot of good physical comedy in this one. And the revelation for me was Matthew Broderick. Uh, you know, I've seen him do a lot of Matthew Broderick stuff over the years in film and also on stage. And sometimes it works, and it worked great in the producers, of course. But it's like, oh, it's, it's Matthew Broderick being Matthew Broderick. Here, there's some other stuff going on. It's his best work in a long time. And you have to see him in the third scene. They've made him up completely. He, he sort of looks like the, the love child between It's Pat from Saturday Night Live and Jackie Mason. And he pulls it off, and he's very funny. And, and there's a great sight gag where he's, he's kind of outside the window, and something happens. It's a great lighting design moment. Um, really, really, that, you know, that, that pulls the evening all together because it's just a, a good, fun time. Sarah Jessica Parker, even though there are some moments, I've got to kiss my wife's hand because she has I'm going to kiss medicine, so just kiss the bro. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it looks fine. Your, your finger looks absolutely... No. Sure, hold up your no, finger. No, 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 but there's, this is bruised and this whole thing's bruised. I Ooh. just, yeah, oh bruised. God. So yeah. I put the... the Arnica? Or the Arnica. Yeah, and I put on the porn part. Happy Arnica to you. So anyway, if I were to give the evening that Leslie Hovan Blake hated and, and David Stewart kind of like, I'll give it three and a quarter stars. Out of four, not five. Out of four. Out of four. It was, it was um, a fun time at the theater. It was an old time at the theater, it was kind of like, uh, and, and uh, you say what you will about me, but this idea of middle-aged to older Jewish people going to the theater and seeing recognizable characters that related to them, that is waning, probably for the right reasons. We're not seeing that now. Now on Broadway, everything is, you know, black power this, trans this, transitioning that. Lesbian, gay, this, that is a fine, fine. It's been overdue. Uh, not, not that gays have been underrepresented in commercial theater for 30 years, but sometimes it's kind of nice to get back to what theater going was to some extent. Why well, I never saw it in the 60s and 70s, but this whole thing of ah, theater as comedy, comfort food with a little bit of a sting, with some thematic meaning that, that is beyond just easy laughs. And then nothing more than that. It isn't about um, alternative sexualities or genders. And it isn't about pushing how terrible white people are to everybody else in the whole universe. It's just fun going to the theater. And the irony of me saying this is that I used to have to write about Long Island theater for Long Island Pulse magazine. And this is now going back about 20 years. And you used to have a monthly column. And the idea of the column was to point up the shows that were being done, not in Manhattan, but for, for people who wanted to go to the theater on Long Island, which has so many potential theater goers with, with so much money to spend 
on you know, fun and going out and seeing shows. And yet it, it, it's something of a wasteland. It's like a, a theater food desert in Long Island, because if you want to go see theater, you just get on a train and boom, you're in Manhattan in 45 minutes. Still, I would try and pick out, oh my God, this theater company is doing a new show. Wow. Or a new musical is being developed at Bay Street. Hooray. Or Frederick DeFays is reviving a very rare thriller from the 1940s. Fine. Great. He's doing that, that um, not Theater 3 in Port Jefferson, but um, the one in Farmington. Whatever it was, I, I would try and pick out something that wasn't Annie or Neil Simon's Last of the Red Hot Lovers or another Bernard Slade or a Neil Simon revival. And now here I am, and it's a way, wonderful the way cycles turn. And I'm saying, oh, it's so nice to have a fun Neil Simon play with big act, you know, big stars on Broadway. Go figure. Is the, the, the wheel turns and it will spin again, I am sure. Anyway, that is my review. I will say, yes, do go to see Plaza Suite. You will have a good time. And it would be nice to see Sarah Jessica Parker and, and Matthew Broderick every year or two or three come back to Broadway like Lunton Fontaine and just do a show for fun and give us some fun. And it doesn't always have to be a comedy, but let them let them keep doing this because I'm enjoying it. And I think you would too. Three and a quarter stars for Plaza Suite on Broadway at the Hudson Theater as we go inside broad way what oh hold on I gotta play it here again there it is I'll be back it's the famous gay white way where the night is bright as day in Broadway grand it's not just a thoroughfare, it's a tingle in the air. Ain't Broadway grand? It's excitement, it's romance, it's all fun and song and dance. This wonderland, you can be a millionaire quicker here than anywhere. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen, Broadway is grand indeed, and it's grand to be doing this program, the Dave's Gone By Facebookio, podcastio programio of the stream every Saturday from 9 until noon or thereabouts. And what, what is it time? Is it time for crime? Just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, we do have Greeley Crimes at all times. Mr. Horace oh. Greeley was no fool. I'm sure that you agree with me that Greeley was no fool. But he is getting and he's back. Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I played the, the outro theme first, but it doesn't matter. Everything's backwards. On the, I played it in Hebrew style. Four. Yeah, right. The four is backwards. I, I, I went left to right on the, the music playing here. 
for really Is crimes. Question, true, false? Yeah, no, I did, right? Yeah. Something's wrong with me. Huh. I might, uh, maybe I have Divac. That's the backward form of COVID. <laughs> Here we go. This is taken from the newspaper, the Greeley Tribune, an actual real newspaper for Northern Colorado, which is both, it's online as well as still for copies a week, they publish hard copy. Um, one column in here is taken from phone calls that come into the Greeley and Weld County Police Department of things that are weird going on in the neighborhood. And then from 100 years ago, uh, Mike Peters goes through the newspapers back in 1922 and picks out the most weird, goofy, nostalgic looking things to our modern eyes. We mix them up and we call this Greeley Crimes and Old Times. Are you ready with some criminality here? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, you know what? I think I'm not sure, but I think we have a caller. Oh, wait. Wow, that phone is weird. Oh, oh. Wait, I gotta get, I gotta get the phone, huh? Hold on, I gotta get the phone. Yeah. Oh, hi, hi. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Hi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll, I'll let them know. A caller near 14th Street. Hey, I'll do gig work, you know. A caller near 14th Street reported a man running around with a pistol and a dog. Which sounds really ungainly if you think about it. Unless he's like hunting for fox. Of course. A pistol and a dog just kind of running around with it. Would not want to be here. <laughs> a woman, though, on 15th Street said she was worried her car would be hit by her brother, who was who was out in the yard throwing things. So I just mad. So you were talking before about how people go crazy yeah, during COVID. Like this is lost his mother. You can't. Um, your mind, you gotta keep it together. Keep it together. Now check it. Maybe this is what. Um, Friendy was talking about early in the show that you mentioned a caller on 11th Street. Oh, let me get let me get them. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sorry. We have kind of a bad connection here. Hold on. Um, a caller on 11th Street wanted to know what to do about a turkey on top of a vehicle in the parking lot. I'll show you. Where's my phone? Yeah. I'm going to show you the turkey. I'll show you a picture of him. Yeah, this our, our friend sent us, it might be the same exact it turkey. The same turkey because don't put the text, but I'll show you the... Oh, well, yeah, just, and don't put the phone number or whatever. If you can just do the, the photo. Yeah, this is the actual, this so will go with the story. King Supers this morning, and I said, how funny, maybe turkey was escaping before Thanksgiving. Here's the turkey. Oh, this is this is so good. Let me say, oh, you can't see anything, but, oh, he's adorable. <laughs> oh, I love him. <laughs> Apparently he was shopping. He has produce behind him or something. <laughs> That's right. Look at that. He didn't bring his own bags. so uh, They never do. This was real. This, so, I so, think he was winging it. I'm telling you when he I do was really winging times. It. Oh, like, oh. He's cute, though. I wonder if that, that looks very pretty. It looks very shiny. Why is he so shiny? Uh, did you know that a turkey yeah. helped plan the Nazi Holocaust? Really? Yeah, Joe Gobbles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they did the Nuremberg Council. <laughs> <laughs> a caller. Uh oh. Yeah, okay. 
Oh, wow. Well, he might have been hungry. A caller on 8th Street shared food with a man. Uh, no, just 8th. Just regular 8th. I think next week we have an 8th and 8th alert, but not, not this week. Okay. This is just 8th, 8th Street shared. A caller shared food with a man before telling him to leave. Okay. The caller said the man later kept going up to tables and trying to take other people's food. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's, that's some kind of hungry. Maybe he was a food critic. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. He's a, he's a tester. Maybe yeah. if you worried that your meal might be poisoned, I would bring him. That's that's problematic, though. You think? One table to table? Yeah. Remember just... when we were in, um, not Bonefish, we were in um, Nemo. Was it Nemo's? What was the place, the fish place we used to go to? Oh, I... The manager walked over. He knew you liked to try exotic thing, And he's like, hey, you want to try this? You're like, yeah, he's like, it's what, alligator? It was um, alli yeah. swordfish. alligator. Yeah, alligator. Swordfish, sausage, alligator. I love swordfish, yeah. The swordfish, something he, and all he always let you try, he'd walk around and give people food. I think that was bonefish. Back no, in. No, it wasn't bonefish. It was the one, um. No, no, no. Lucky you, Fins. Lucky Fins. I'm yeah. sorry, yes, Lucky Fins. Yeah, yeah. In, in Colorado. Yeah. Bring, but that's the reverse. Even in Costco or something, they give you food to try. Right. You don't have to go and take it from people. Well, my coworker that I talk about all the yeah, time. He takes food from people? No, but sometimes he goes on a rant of, the, of, of Americans in the yeah. sense that they will go into Costco, which has this policy of like, you know, like it, return it, we'll take oh, it back, yeah, no yeah. questions asked. Really? And people will eat oh, don't say that. half a cake. You can't do that. And then they'll bring the cake. It's not like they'll take a bite and go like, I don't like this, I don't yeah. want this, I open it up, it if looks a little bad. Well, it's like when I'm watching Good Girls, that show. Yeah. So they take advantage of like a Costco policy. They want to throw a party for a kid, they have no money. So they get a disco ball, a balloon maker, a bouncy house, everything. And then they go and, and return, they return it. it. Yeah. yeah, this people do this. Yeah. People do that. They always say women do it with dresses, but I've never seen that. And he's seen, and, and, and this guy who works in my office, he's seen them do it. He's seen people line up at the return counter with like three quarters What's eaten food. What's he doing at the return counter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Does fair. it involve... Don't go there. <laughs> Does it involve human <laughs> Oh my God. All right, let me see. Um, well, it's good to be the police. A woman on 10th Street called. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, she called to say she was in the police department lobby and wanted to give her thanks to officers. She was dressed as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I... I love it. You know what? Every woman's Wonder Woman. I think God uh -oh. bless her. If you're going to go to the police station and you have to wear a costume, I mean... Would they prefer Batman? I mean, Wonder Woman's a nice outfit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. I, you know, she was, I, somehow I doubt she was a good-looking woman. Somehow I maybe, doubt this. Maybe she didn't have her magic lasso or her visible plane. Yeah. Somehow I think she looked like Galga don't, if you know uh, what I'm saying. Listen. <laughs> she should have Galga didn't. What? God bless her. That's a little messy, but whatever. 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 All right. Let's 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 go to some a couple of old-timey stories. These are things that happened or were published in a newspaper back in 1922. These are real. A jury in Greeley convicted a man of bootlegging. He, what? Oh. I have no idea. Any, anybody wants to give me a thumbs up for any reason, unless it's a proctologist, please feel free. A jury in Greeley convicted a man of bootlegging. He was fined $250 and got four months in jail. Okay. 
Shortly after that trial, the president of the local Elks was arrested for trying to influence the jury. He was stopping Elk members and telling them to vote not guilty. Wow. 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 Political corruption. Who I know. I, who would know that the Elks would be on the horns of a dilemma? <laughs> oh, dear. I, <laughs> I mean, he probably tried to give them a buck. <laughs> oh, Mr. Peabody. I know, I know. Oh, another old-timey thing. The junior class reception will be held at the Eaton Gymnasium on Saturday. Six fresh, and this, this, this infuriates me. Six freshman girls whose grades are the highest for the classes this year will be honored to work as serving maids. Whoa. Does that say everything about feminism in 1922? It is like the highest ranking girls of the junior class in, I'm assuming it's college, it's not high school. Uh, may, well, you know, but it goes back to this idea that think of what women were like. My mom said they were teachers, nurses, right? They had to do some some gender stereotype caring profession. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, that's what you know. My claim to fame was I was going to carry the statue of Mary during May Day. I would have one of the Marian celebrations. Huh. I would have been, you know. Would boys have done? Would they have given that task to a boy? No. To carry Mary. You know, boys can't lift, and I used to read on they can't read. So. <laughs> Plus, there's one really sick boy. So when he was carrying Mary, he'd be going like. Listen, <laughs> no, 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 no. The resurrection is coming. The Greeley City Council passed a resolution <laughs> that, that will reduce. The, check this out. The council, this, thank God, never happens, passed a resolution that will reduce. The pay of city employees from three dollars and fifty cents a day to three dollars per day. No one said when it would come into effect, but one council member thought it was immediate. Is that the teachers' college? Uh, <laughs> imagine that lowering people's salaries. Was that the depression? When was it? Nineteen twenty-two. No, it was the the ramping up of the the roaring twenties. So that's that's wow. ugh, that's that's why we have unions, man. All right, let's move on to some elsewhere. What this is, is we're doing Greeley crimes in old times. Most of our stories, nearly all of them, are from Greeley and Evans and northern Colorado and Johnstown, places like that. But we do one or two stories that are from elsewhere in the universe, but are just kind of goofy and weird. Let's go, huh, not too far from here, New York City. This was in, I guess, the New York Post and some other places picked it up. A homeless squirrel man, oh, no. I repeat, a homeless squirrel man, man, has been nesting in a Manhattan park for three months, in, in a tree for three months. He was busted Monday for attacking a New York Post reporter with a huge branch. Well, you know, what else? At least he didn't smack you with his nuts. <laughs> okay, no. Um, he also whacked a photographer with a trash bag filled with his belongings. Now, the unprovoked attack unfolded right in front of NYPD officers who were there to evict Squirrel Man from his makeshift treehouse in Riverbank State Park. The suspect, Ruel Altonaga, age 44, took off towards 147th Street, but was eventually arrested and charged with criminal mischief. Squirrel Man. Squirrel Man. Go figure, he's a little nuts, you know. <laughs> 
Well, he has a tale to tell, if I tell you. So let's go all the way, so far away from New York, but still in America. Why don't we go to Hilo, Hawaii? Now, we, you and I, we shopped at Hilo Haggies yes. in Honolulu. I thought it was Hilo. Might have been Hilo. Hilo, Hawaii, which is one of these little islands there. In Hilo, Hawaii, Ezra Miller, who is actually a Hollywood star. He stars, you want to talk about um, Hollywood privilege, this fits right in. He stars in the upcoming DC Comics film, The Flash. He didn't flash anybody, but he faces disorderly conduct charges after a bar incident. Police arrested him and charged him with disorderly conduct and harassment. Why? Last Sunday, patrol officers responded to a report of a disorderly patron at a bar. Police determined that the man, and I totally understand, you know, Will Smith's thing was indefensible, what he did to Chris Rock. Yeah. Here, I don't know. Police determined that the man, later identified as Ezra Miller, became agitated when patrons at the bar began singing karaoke. I don't blame him. I know, I, I know. Don't blame him. Miller began yelling obscenities and grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke. He later lunged at a 23-year-old man playing darts, which, you know, is kind of more dangerous for him than it is for Dart Man. The bar owner asked Miller to calm down, but to no avail. He was released on $500 bail, which I imagine he made pretty easily since he's starring in an upcoming Marvel movie. But, I, you know, if I'm at a bar, I want to have a nice quiet drink or pick up a girl or something, and there's karaoke going on, I'm going to I'm gonna yell some obscenities myself, I think. Wouldn't you? I'm not a fan of karaoke. I feel like it's, it's, I'm very sensitive to noise, so it's like an invasion. Like, mm. if I want to hear music, that's one thing. But if I want to hear people singing and stuff, like, that, that's like a bad wedding or something. Yeah. Like, if you know it's karaoke, and I have it in the back room. Don't have it where everybody's main, forced to. Yeah. Because, you know, it, maybe people attend to hear it, but a lot of people don't want to. I want to just eat my pretzels, yes. have a beer. Yeah. I don't want to hear... Sing us a song, you're the piano man. No, Sing true. us a song tonight. That's very good. Yeah, is that good? That's, that's, that's my that's version. Beautiful. You did nice, honey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anyway, let's get back to some really criminality and old-timeality before we, we wrap up with what's left of this Dave's Gone By episode. Let's Here's, here's something criminal. Let's see what we have here. A caller. Oh, we have another caller. Look at that. Hello. Where are you? Oh, on 23rd Avenue. Reported a man attempting to wheel out a TV and other items on a blue bicycle. Okay, no, 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 let's let's, let's remember. Mean? What does that seem bad? I think that's fine. It's not that he's doing something bad, which he is. Mm-hmm. It's that he's carting away a television set and other items yeah. on a bicycle. That's great. Has good balance. I don't know what he's got on his handlebars. Mm. I don't know how he manages aerodynamic. Maybe, 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 you know, maybe a microwave oven he's got behind him. Could happen, could be. Jewelry wrapped around the spokes of the wheel. Whatever he's doing, it's quite a feat, I have to say. Um. A caller on 10th Avenue. Mm hmm. 
I think actually I think this is actually very um very courteous of them, very thoughtful of them. This caller reported that his neighbors left a threatening note on the window saying they were going to keep pounding on the walls. So imagine this dynamic between you and your apartment neighbors, where it's like and then they then they send you a note saying, you know this? We're gonna keep doing this. Just letting you know. Wow. Instead of just keeping pounding, it's like, yeah, yeah. They're bad neighbors. People is crazy. Alright, we may end with this one. A caller on 24th Street reported. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now this I, I don't even I don't even. How does this even work its way out? This is why we don't get enough details in these from the police blotter. The caller said the neighbor's barking dog. <laughs> strange barking dog. <laughs> was left alone and locked in the bathroom for hours. Oh, okay. So how did this part happen? But how did you know it's in the bathroom? I, okay. The dog then, or somehow, urinated on the balcony. It's in the bathroom. It's locked in the bathroom. How does it, how do they know unless someone, anyway, the dog came out apparently of the bathroom, urinated on the balcony, and it leaked onto the caller's balcony. Oh, <laughs> oh. Waterfall. You're in it. I pee a lot, but how do you go that much? Well, imagine if you're a dog and you're locked up oh, and there's water in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, did he, how did he get out of the bathroom to pee first? That's what I'm wondering if he peed, it ran out of the bathroom onto maybe it was the balcony. Like a toilet problem or something. I don't even. Or maybe that's where he normally would pee. Yeah, but how did he get out of the bathroom if he's locked in the bathroom? So many details, yeah. so many questions. As we end this edition, of Greeley Crimes and Old Times. Greeley Crimes and Old Times here on Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wonderful wife Joyce, and all of you, of course, watching and listening and enjoying at home. So, we have a little bit more, just a little bit more to do on this episode of the show. You know what? To get through it, God darn, I'm going to need just a little bit more of my sour sop juice. There's literally nothing sour about it. Of all the juices that I've, I've drunk from this company, this is the sweetest one by far. It's probably just the name that I'm eating. Yeah, well, it's Or No, not Guay. It's not. It's Guanabana. Guanabana, do 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 do. I can't see the. Yeah, watch your screen. Guanabana, do 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 do. Guanabana, do 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 do. Guanabana, do 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 do. Guanabana. Yeah. But there's no banana in it. Guanabana. Banana. Yeah. Na. Guanana. Guanana. A N A S Ana. Right. It's not like Helen Keller learning to speak. What is Guanabana? Guanabana. All right, here we go. Oh, that was good. Mm, that is good. I seem to like this the best. Yeah. Well, um, there was also the, the the nectar one. There was a sort of a 
yeah, it wasn't it was mango. Sweet, yeah. yeah, passion fruit was good. I like that. All right. Before we get to our Colorado limerick of the dam, God help us, let's get to some friends of the neighborhood because, oh my gosh, we have a brand new friend, like three friends in one today. We had Tamar, uh, Tammy Lang, and Tammy Face Starlight all wrapped into one she in the neighborhood. She was delightful. Go see her, Tamar, that is, at Pangea this Thursday night, April 7th, and then Thursday, April 14th, and Thursday, April 21st. Get your tickets at pangea.nyc for Tamar in person. Should be a great, funny, funny time. So she is a new friend of the neighborhood, plus our old friends David Sheward and Leslie Hoban Blake. But we also keep tabs on other people who've been on this program over the past few months, over the past many, many years. These are the Friends of the Neighborhood. So what are they up to? We'd like to let you know. For example, Eliza Gilkison, the uh, singer-songwriter, she is curating a show on Sirius XM called 100 Years of Women in Music. It's on a couple of different channels there. Find it on Sirius XM. And it, it, she's doing it live, but then they're going to have the replay for about a week. Go to channel 741 is one of the channels that is doing it. Also, uh, congratulations to our friend Alice Ripley, the Tony-winning actress. She won her Tony. Wow, this is loud. Uh, uh, yeah, um, she's doing, um, well, she won her Tony for Next to Normal, the musical, and she hasn't quite let that go. She's going to be doing an immersive, shortened, concerty version of Next to Normal in Barcelona in July, and they're going to hybridize it, so it's going to be in Barcelona, both in person, and you can also watch it on um, you know, by internet. I don't know if they'll zoom it or whatever they're going to use. And taking part in that by video is our friend Adam Pascal. So he's going to be one of the characters, too, in Next to Normal. And we don't have the day on that, but it's going to be in July. So congratulations to Alice Ripley on that. Well, let you know... Um, to... Pendleton, Do we have a Pendleton alert? I don't know. He might be taking a break this week. But we do have two different musical friends of the neighborhood who are playing tonight. So take your choice. You've got at City Winery in Manhattan, Al Stewart is playing live tonight. Or if you go to the Suffolk Theater in Riverhead, Leslie Hope and Blake mentioned how much she enjoyed Rabbi Saul's interview with Peter Noon last week of Herman's Hermits. If you want to hear all the classics of Herman's Hermits, Peter Noon is going to be doing them, and it will be tonight at the Suffolk, I'm sorry, not to, tomorrow, April 3rd. That's, that's both Al Stewart and Peter Noon playing different places tomorrow night. Al Stewart at Singing Winery in Manhattan, and Peter Noon at the Suffolk Theater in Riverhead. Playing now through late April, a new musical called Penelope that is being done at the York Theater. Jim Morgan is the artistic director of the York. He's also the set designer for that show. It's being done at St. Jean's Church on East 76th Street. They're getting a late start. 
on this show. They were ready to open, and then they got hit with COVID for a week. But now they're back, and now they're up and running. So go see Penelope from the York Theatre Company. Playing now through now, I, I keep telling you, they're always extended. Through the end of April, every Saturday night, Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano at Birdland on West 44th Street. Going on sale yesterday, it was, uh, and available on DVD, Frank Ferrante's An Evening with Groucho, plus look around on your PBS channel network, because you're going to be broadcasting it this, this month. It's An Evening with Groucho, or you can even buy the DVD at eveningwithgroucho.com. Starting on April 7th, and then running through April 16th, Marilyn May, who is 94 years old, will be doing a show called Of Course There's More at Feinstein's 54 Below. Delightful to have Marilyn May on this program many, you know, several years ago. But I, I think I saw her when she was in her late 80s at um, a club that I don't think is around anymore. But, hey, she's still there. She is still performing. Of course there's more. Feinstein's 54 Below Thursdays, this Thursday the 7th, and also, um, oh, I think it's a Saturday the 16th. Or Oh, it start, I'm sorry. It starts Thursday, and she does a few shows a week. So go see her. Um, opening on Friday and running just for this weekend, this coming weekend, will be the Pirates of Penzance. Speaking of what, go figure, we talked about Peter Newman yeah, before. Just, yeah, Leslie seemed to really dig him. <laughs> New York Gilbert and Sullivan players doing the Pirates of Penzance. Albert Bergeret was on this program many years ago. He's still the founder and the director, the artistic director of New York Gilbert and Sullivan players. Go to the play, the McKay Playhouse to see it. You know, it's not, you don't get Gilbert and Sullivan on or off Broadway. They don't do them, even though the music is generally fantastic, the lyrics really clever. Um, they're kind of long for modern temperament, but they're fun. I remember seeing Iolanthe by Nygasp, my first um, view of their work, and just loving it and being blown away by it, and then seeing some of their other productions too. Well, generally, because they want to make money uh, and stay alive, they'll end up doing either Pirates of Penzance or Mikado over and over and over again, and then they'll try and do Patience or a couple of other things. But you can see Pirates of Penzance starting next Friday and into Saturday and Sunday, New York Gilbert and Sullivan players at the, the K Playhouse. On Broadway, Haves already started previews. It's the brand new musical, Mr. Saturday Night, co-written and, uh, and starring someone who hasn't been on this show, Billy Crystal. But you know who has? Um, who has? A, I'm losing it. Amanda Green. She is the lyricist for this new musical. It's at the Niederlander Theater on West 41st, 41st Street. Mr. Saturday Night, go see it. Go see Chicago, featuring Ray Bahur as Amos at the Ambassador Theater. Alan Menken is the composer for the musical Aladdin at the New Amsterdam Theater. Jim Caruso's cast party every Monday night at Birdland. Get tickets at birdlandjazz.com. And remember, if you're looking for stuff to do in Manhattan, you can't do better than the website stagebuddy.com, founded by our friend Evan Seplow. 
Dr. Demento, we had a question about him on our trivia quiz because he's 81 years old today. And he, he joined us on our 500th episode. I was so honored by that. Such, a, um, such an icon to me, <laughs> what I do. Dr. Demento. I listen. I listen to his, his repeats on KEGR radio on Sunday nights. But you can hear his, if you want to pay a little bit of money, it's like $3 a pop. You can hear his older episodes going back to the 1970s, plus a new episode that he makes every week of the Dr. Demento Show at drdemento.com. Yay. Bob Cudmore doing podcasts about upstate New York history at bobcudmore.com. Stuart Brown's website is soundsofbroadway.com. They're doing a fundraiser as we speak to keep that going. If you like theater music, show tunes, and you don't want to deal with Sirius XM, or you don't want to do Spotify, just go to soundsofbroadway.com. It's a free website of Broadway music, but they are raising money to keep it going and to pay for the rights for the music and the lyrics to play it and to have the servers to handle the capacity. So go and give soundsofbroadway.com. And finally, let's see who else do I want to make you pay attention to. Yada, yada, yada. Well... Don't forget that David Kenny's show, Everything Old is New Again, is still playing on WBAI on Sunday nights. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. So are we finished with the show? Are we done with it? Is there is there anything more? Or can we just thank everybody for watching and wish them well, wish them a happy week? And then, then, then oh, wait a moment. <laughs> How could I forget? We have one more piece of culture to deal with because, you know, we did have our Inside Broadway segment. We talked about Broadway theater. And what else did we have? We had a cabaret artiste on the show, Tamar talking about all of that, and then, well, what else do we really need culturally? Oh, I know, a poetry corner. So very briefly, <laughs> we have our weekly Colorado limerick of the damned, because Joyce and I lived in northern Colorado for several years, and I took it into my crazy little head, which, by the way, is almost as bold as Jada Pinkant Smith. I don't know what the hell she's complaining about. Oh, thank you, dear. So, we're going to go to Mountain Village, Colorado for a poem that I've written about Mountain Village, Colorado in our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So, this is a limerick... Oh, I am loving that soursop. I am indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And did you drink your tea? I did have, well, well, Rabbi Saul drank my tea, which wasn't very nice of him. But he needed it. He was a little raspy today. Um, Mountain Village, Colorado. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, and then I'm going to read a poem about it. Oh, and uh, not a poem that 
children should be listening to. Okay, here we go. Ta Mountain Village is a town in southwestern Colorado near Telluride in the San Juan Mountains. The elevation of this place, remember like Denver oh, yes, was a mile high? Mile high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This place is 9,500 feet above sea level. It's like a mile and a half high, more almost, a mile and three quarters high. Population of about 1,300 people spread out over three square miles. And the town seems to be divided into plazas. Heritage Plaza, Sunset Plaza, Reflection Plaza, Village Park Plaza, just the way they've done it. It's known for tourism and, as you might expect, skiing. They probably get 800,000 inches of, uh, of snow a year. But there's also art galleries and lots of resorts and inns. It's a real, it's a veily kind of place in Colorado. Mountain Village. But we're going to take it down a peg by reading this week's poem, Mountain Village, our Colorado limerick of the day. How bandits would plunder and pillage the townfolk of poor Mountain Village. These men, so immoral, forced girls to do oral and swallow each drop of their spillage. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that poem, dear? <laughs> Choice is shaking her head. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's not she would stick her tongue out, but given the nature of the poem, she's not going to do that. So... If you have comments and complaints of your own, you're welcome to email me. Dave's gone by at AOL.com is the way to do it. Dave's gone by at AOL.com. So I try and read every letter that I get. I reply to as many as I can. Plus, you're welcome to message me on Facebook or leave your comments under the show in the place for commenting on Facebook. Either way, I love, love, love to hear from you. Don't forget also that you can follow my Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2, Radio Dave the number 2, and um, well, no, don't. actually you can listen to me doing my radio shows while taking a number 2 if you have your phone or computer in the bathroom and you go to davesgoneby.com, where all the archives reside. Our earliest shows, our latest shows, they're all there, davesgoneby.com. Plus, we put our archives at archive.org on the Dave's Gone By channel, castbox.fm on the Dave's Gone By channel, and um, YouTube on the Dave's Gone By channel. Plus, Tuesdays, 9.30 in the evening, Eastern Time, for one hour on Altice Cable in Nassau County, you can catch one random hour of Dave's Gone By, Tuesday nights, channel 20, 9.30 p.m. Well, what else do I need to tell you? We're just coming up on 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Leaves me just, well, we should have actually ended the show an hour ago, but we went a little over time, as we tend to. Want to let you know what's happening in weeks ahead. Well, um, upcoming in the neighborhood, well, we have a, a singer, a cabaret singer, Robert Bannon. He'll be joining us in the middle of the month. And then next month, Michael Takif, he is an actor. He's in a one-man show. Uh, and then there's another, um, I'm not 100% sure about next week. We've been waiting. We're trying to get confirmation from the person that we've been waiting for. Has not yet come. It may happen. It may not. If it does, great. If not, we'll get someone else. 
or we'll just do a, a non-celebrity-oriented show. It's all good. Certainly this one was good. Certainly we're incredibly grateful to Tamarvelous Tamar, Tammy Lang, Tammy Faye Starlight. Don't forget to see her on this Thursday, next Thursday, and the Thursday after at Pangea, Pangea, NYC.com is the place to buy tickets. And here we go. It was a marvelous show, our 844th. Thank you also to Rabbi Saul Solomon. Do not forget that he has a website, shalomdammit.com. His interviews or, you know, that he does on this program are all there. His sermons, his rabbinical reflections. Did you miss the one he did about James Joyce on St. Patrick's Day? It's there. Go to shalomdammit.com. Plus, you can watch his hilarious TV show that he did years ago and his brilliant one-man stage show, Shalom Dammit, An Evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon. That, too, is at shalomdammit.com. And check his Twitter feed, at Rabbi Saul Solomon. Thank you to David Sheward. Be sure to read his theater reviews at theaterlife.com and culturaldaily.com and his blog, The David Desk. And thank you to Leslie Hoban Blake, who is on the YouTube channel Critics Circle, doing weekly Critics Circle shows with Charlie Gross. And remember, she'll be reviewing, I guess, she hasn't yet reviewed Plaza Suite, I don't think. Maybe she has. Oh, when did she see it? It seems like she saw it a while ago. Yeah, well, she couldn't have been a while ago, probably early in the week. Or, or maybe last weekend. So um, maybe she's reviewed that, but she's reviewed other things. MJ, um, they're, or he's reviewing that. Just go to Critic Circle on YouTube and find Leslie Hoban Blake. We thank them so much for being on the 844th episode of the show. Next week, 845, April 9th. Be here from 9 until noon or thereabouts. I'll be here, God willing, my darling and adorable. And wonderful wife, Joyce. Joyce, is there anything else we haven't covered or brought up or talked about? No. I hope that I wish you, I wish that may the ice cream trucks not so plenty in front of your, may the the ice cream trucks be in the road to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? Before I forget, I forgot two weeks in a row to do this. I'm going to share my screen for a moment. What? Just to share this one little thing. So, you you still see me in the corner. Hello. I work in a school district in Nassau County, and they sent this out to, like, the parents to invite because we're getting all these messages now of, like, oh, Children's Volleyball League is starting now, and Children's Highlight, and and my calendar, yeah, you're seeing my... It goes by, the song, yeah? Well, that's my my iTunes there, Um, but they sent this out for Valley Stream Youth Wrestling, and I had to do a double and a triple take on this. This is real. This is not doctored. This is not like a Stan Reisler thing where he magnificently puts my face on things. No, this is this is a real flyer for youth rest, wrestling in Valley Stream, Long Island. I'm going to make it big if I can, if I can open it up. Let's make this huge. Okay. Valley Stream Youth Wrestling. The season starts March 29th. Grades 2nd through 6th. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. David? Yeah? Not for nothing, but Penn State is a university, and 
I think that guy is it has a world rest on that's Michigan, Michigan yeah. or Washington. Why fifth graders are getting tattoos like that? Even, and what they're eating? What are they serving in the cafeteria? This, this is more than Wheaties. Yeah, look at the, all these guys. Wow. Even the little white guy in the in the corner down there. I mean, that bag is a built sixth yeah, grader. This look like they're doing Krav Maga. These guys are kicking each other. Yeah. You can't kick each other in the middle. Well, no, in wrestling, you, you sweep people out with your no, feet. he's kicking him in the face. Oh, where's that? He's on the bottom. The guy with the blue shorts is getting kicked in the face by the guy with the tight tushy. Oh, I didn't see that yes, part. He's oh, he's getting kicked in the face. Yikes, that's not nice. That looks, that's not Well, he's going to be suspended from the academy that for sure. Good. No. But I just, I just love the idea of, like, grades second through sixth. <laughs> And it's like we're looking at this. It's like, uh, just, I just, I'm glad. That's a problem. I remember to share that, ladies and gentlemen. So, so let me stop sharing if I can do that. It's youth wrestling, yeah. And no. go back to me. Is your mascot a, uh, a, um, I don't know. Mascot should be like a pit bull with, it's with a rhino, Uzis. It's a rhinoceros. Um, well, that, that isn't for our school district. Oh, no, it's just Valley Stream in general. That's not your mascot. Yeah. I don't know if we have a mascot. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. See, see what my, don't say what my district is, but say what their mascot is, if we have one. What could it possibly be? <laughs> that didn't sound promising. Aww. No, oh, what is it? What is it? I'm saying some of the parents in our district could be a crack pipe. But no, what is it? Oh, New York, don't say that. Oh, that was another place. There's none. It looks like some kind of furry animal, but there's so many. No? Oh, well, anyway. Anyway, thank you for joining us on this Saturday, April 2nd, 2022, for the 845th, or fourth, sorry, next week is the fifth episode of Dave's Gone By with me, Dave Lefkowitz. Please write to me, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Please also check my personal website, DaveLefkowitz.org. DaveLefkowitz.org if you want to read my plays, if you want to read my theater reviews from 30 years ago, if you want to read my song lyrics and my interviews for various magazines and newspapers, we keep adding to the site. It's wonderful. DaveLefkowitz.org and, of course, Dave'sGoneby.com for the archives of this show. Well, try to get through the week. Try to not slap anybody. Try and get some good soft serve ice cream. May that's that's my my blessing for you for this week. May you hear the jingle, and may you have time enough to get to it and have your ice cream. How's that for a blessing? Is that is that isn't that a wonderful blessing? Let's go out on this then. <laughs> ice cream, ice cream. I wonder if they have soursop. Yeah. And gone by!